Well, welcome, and Daniels, to the podcast. Thank you, Emily. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> you, um, I'll start off. You just reminded me something really cool that I completely forgot about. Um, the first time that Stu and I recorded a podcast together in St. Helena. So this is like uh, October 2018, November 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, we recorded a podcast and then the next morning we got in the car and drove to Petaluma to hang out with you. Yeah. And we, and it was like the first time you and I had hung out after the meeting each other hang, yeah. and Stu and I were listening to, this is going to make us sound so lame, but it was the first time we did a podcast together. So like we were listening to it on the drive because it was an mm -hmm. hour drive and, um, having some, uh, good reactions and some bad reactions. It's the go episode. So it's one of our earlier ones um and then yeah and then we were like probably way too excited about it when we saw you and talking about it way too well, much no, like, I, we have a podcast now and well and i was just kind of a little <laughs> i mean i i, I think be, because so to tell the story of how we met uh yes. we were both on a bill at toots or toots, toots or toots no one knows <laughs> i feel like it was we should debate. ask the bartenders next time we're there toots they might not know toots. i've said toots my whole time that i've known that bar like hey toots or hey toots hey toots just sounds like the, yeah like an old-fashioned I, I don't know i like anyway toots. so we were on a bill together and it was a birthday bill was it a, oh it was a birthday bill it was jenny's jenny brown's birthday i remember it was a jenny brown show but i couldn't remember why we were all gathering and it was a all female set and it was too many bands i would there argue. was a lot of bands it was, because of it was like oh there's two stages so we'll just oh no. like we'll just make it so it's like every other and i was supposed to be on the small stage with the singer songwriter folk and then halfway through it was like it's too dark in here it's too like it's better on the main stage just go there so oh, i actually wow. played after you yeah, it was such a weird. But, it was such a which weird. Which was very, build. it was very odd. <laughs> it was weird because yeah, there were two full bands that played early, and then the solo people like you started, mm -hmm. and yeah, I think you lucked out though, because so when you walk into Toots, now I feel weird every time I say it, Toots. I don't know when you walk in, you look straight. There's like a very dark stage mm -hmm. the, with the grizzly with bear the, on it or whatever. Fucking it. yeah, mm -hmm. in the actual bar where the drinks are. Mm -hmm. So that seems like a good spot because it's where the bar is. So mm -hmm. people, you know, theoretically will be. It's not unlike the uptown when you think about it. Yeah, where there's one room with the bar and then one room with a stage. Similar. So you worry that people are gonna be like, oh, there's live music in here. We can't hear, so we're gonna be in the bar but um but yeah that stage is super fucking dark mm -hmm. um and it's yeah and then you go into the main stage there's all this cool lighting yeah i have some great sh photos from that yeah but i think I, I had and i was i was having the day of my life that day actually because it was harley strictly as well and oh, so shit. so that was that weekend in october then mm -hmm. okay, the first yeah. weekend of october harley strictly um i'm with her played which was which is like a foundation band for me. I love them. And so I like had, and I, and I, I did it flying solo style. Like I literally like went on my own mobbed out there. Like, and you were living like, in Petaluma. Then. Uh, yeah. 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 Yes. Or, or maybe Late I, was, I think I was still, I was still in, I was still in Vallejo. Oh, okay. Um, and so still a drive though. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even been at Kala actually. I, that was when I was doing my fun employed thing. And so, fun employed. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So I went, yes. um, I, I got hired at the Masonic that day. I went to Harley Strictly. Holy shit. And then I, then I went to the bar and, and I was like, all right, like, I'm just going to chill. I don't have any friends that came out to this because <laughs> nobody supports me. And then, um, also it's in Crockett. It's oh, in no, Crockett. Crockett of Leo or Hell Yeah, it's, it was right across, yeah. it was right across the way. So People they had no excuse. I should have had a following. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I mean, people. followings. And, but anyway, so I'm sitting at the, the bar and w- waiting for it to start. And Emily just comes in. And she's like, you look like a musician. <laughs> and I was was like, I with Marge? Was she there yet? Marge was not there at the like the time when we at, talked at the time when we talked you're like you look like you're a musician are you in the building i'm like oh i'm emily from radio keys <laughs> and so that turned out to be like all right cool like i am going to glom onto this girl and be friends with her tonight i really wanted that because <laughs> i was i'm rarely i'm kind of an introvert so i'm rarely in this like networking i i kind of have to turn on that like talk to the other bands thing like because yeah. usually i just i'm like oh what if i you know come off weird or they don't want to talk to me or whatever and you were like the third uh musician that was in the bill that i tried to talk to and the first two were like didn't know why i was talking to them kind of <laughs> i was like hey are you in the bill and they're like yeah and i was like okay this is going great and then i came up to you and i was like kind of burned out but i was just like i'm, I'm gonna do this one more time and try to make this work and try to make charm. this a good set because there were there i think there were like seven acts i i feel like there was a lot but um yeah it was but i was like i was like hey are you in are you in the show tonight and then you just like gave me like the like best energy back and we were just like chatting yeah. right away and then yeah i saw i remember marge walked in and started paying and I walked up and I was like, don't pay because we don't have any guests. So you can be our guest because we didn't bring anybody, which was yeah. like, I said that like right in front of the door person. And she was like, uh, okay. Okay. She's like, are you even in a band? I was like, yeah, can you put her down? And like, I could tell the door person was kind of like, uh, okay. Like yeah. <laughs> she was about to pay, but sure. Let's let her sure. in. Um, and then me, you and Marge. Yeah. Had like a yeah full-on night together. Yeah. And so that, that, that was like a very magical evening, I think. Um, start of a great friendship. Yeah. Um, and then like a couple weeks later, I guess we did the pod and then came out to Petaluma. Yeah. And went to that super cool bar. Mm-hmm. Whisper Sisters, <laughs> Petaluma. <laughs> and Check just it out. <laughs> chatted your ear off about our new amazing podcast. Well, and I think this was <laughs> like one of the, circle. one of the, the cool things was that like, and one of the things that like female friendships are hard to make. Dude, especially as you get older as you get older your whole life literally your whole life it's hard but as mm-hmm. you as you get older and like, and you i get have my life teens, you know and, yeah. and you have your life and so to even get together like that was like pretty like all right cool like we even tried to be yeah. friends and but like w- there's another layer which was something that i appreciated about Stu coming that day too is that just talking about songwriting and music and like the the craft that we all enjoy that is more of a like specific thing and i think that even within songwriters too i have yeah. friends like and i'm lucky actually when i've moved to sonoma i've found like there's a big crowd of musicians, musicians. and songwriters and um just the open mic scene there and like the live music scene there is actually way better than i thought it was going to be moving up there um but even in those friends that I've made in that scene, I don't always agree with the songwriters that I talk to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, di- everyone attacks it kind of differently. Um, it's funny. Cause I feel like 
I have I have more musician friends at this probably the only people I hang out with now are musicians for better or for worse you mm-hmm. know what I mean so it's yeah. almost like a breath of fresh air when I talk to my non-musician friends too and kind of can get I also really um love my feedback from non-musician friends as well as my musician friends but that, yeah I yeah. feel like we agree on um on some uh, stuff as far as songwriting. I don't remember talking about songwriting that day. That's so cool. We we did. We we kind of just I mean like even just like the the music like more generally maybe. Yeah, of, like, well, we were music still really creation. getting to know each yeah, other mm-hmm, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So fun. Do you want to talk about um how you started playing music? Was it part of you your like growing up childhood like how did it manifest itself i was thinking about this on the way here because i did my homework i was like i'm gonna listen to all these oh i forgot to say that you texted me we were making tacos and you texted me and you're like hey i'm gonna be like 20 minutes late listening to the nate pod and i was like like, oh that's the the perfect one yes yeah Um, that was that was a good one go back and listen to that episode for sure we recorded it right here yeah yeah right in the same spot and he's also yeah also from petaluma so um no, I, so my parents are music appreciators, maybe I would say like not to like, we didn't have like instruments just laying around the house or anything like that. Like, I, I think the biggest, like my mom loves t- to sing in karaoke. So she's like a big Celine Dion Whoa, fan. Like we had Celine expecting- Dion going on all the time. Um, and we like, she's Filipino. So there's this thing called a magic mic where it has the buttons on it and you put little like almost like Nintendo 64 like cartridges into it but it's Holy just shit. like mic sized and you just you put whatever good? um you can dial up the reverb if you want and then it gives you a score at the end is it like a i'm picturing like a like a wireless mic it it has like, like no it has the cable that goes into Ooh. the tv oh even cooler yeah so okay. you're connected to the tv and you're on on the mic and it's it's a very filipino thing i feel like every filipino family has one of these things and like really you cool. you can sing like you can get the tagalog it. cartridges and um and then the general one comes like with jambalaya all the songs all the essentials yeah and boys to men all of this stuff so like that was some <laughs> hang claims to boys that to was men. a lot of it and then um i remember right before middle school um because my grandparents were kind of cleaning out stuff and my dad when he was younger played clarinet and i think that was it was sixth grade actually it was sixth grade because i was in music class like general music that's probably that's what most people I think, unless they have mm-hmm. the program in their elementary school, which a lot of them don't. Yeah, we anymore. in our Maybe elementary like school did like the stick, or, like rhythm sticks and that sort of oh, thing. Yeah. We had like a once a week or the music recorder, class. even yeah. And then yeah, six, middle school I feel like is when people yeah, actually start. Yeah, sixth doing, like, grade was like class. a semester of art and then a semester of general music. Um, general and, music. Yeah, and we that's played pretty, recorder. It's <laughs> pretty broad. Oh I was, wow! I was really into re- my recorder. I uh, definitely played that. The little like short black mm-hmm. flute. Yeah, it's plastic. They have to be like pennies. Those things are cheap. Yeah, I mean you can buy them at Long's Drug. You got to give them thirty to every class. Yeah, it was part of the school supplies that year. You know, it's like very very cheap and. 
Yeah, that's one thing. We haven't said this yet, but I work at a ukulele manufacturer. And that's one of the things that Kala has been doing a lot of is like actually selling ukuleles to elementary schools. So we're, we're maybe pl- replacing recorder programs with Thank ukulele. God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Like it's a win for the world because I love I loved my recorder. And I think it was just because I like had this like love for music that, you know, was you know appreciation and then like just starting to make the creation of it is like oh this is really fun yeah um so when i had a recorder i drove my parents crazy and i didn't understand i was like you don't understand my music (laughs) (laughs) vision your sixth grade vision yeah recently (laughs) were you like writing your own songs on your recorder were you just like no 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 i was just playing for the book i mean i I, like i also had an s club seven poster this is like actually like deep-seated memories i had an s club seven poster and there's seven (laughs) notes on the recorder so i'd lay in my bed and like play the lowest note at my least favorite s club seven person and then move my way up this and is so like, it was this not is, musical at all this it was is just resonating dumb. with 12 year old me so much i'm just like god that is some shit i would do i totally forgot about <laughs> s club seven until recently but i was a big fan yeah um yeah and then seventh grade was banned and so then i like and I, and so this was the point i was like my grandparents were cleaning out the old instruments and oh, yeah. I was on the phone with them and I was like, I want, you know, the clarinet. That's because- a pretty, is that an easy jump from recorder? Well, I don't right? know because <laughs> what even is the recorder? They, they sent me a flute instead. They they, they thought oh, I no. wanted the flute, so they sent me the flute. So, so they I, had both just lying around. Well, because my dad played the clarinet, my aunt played the flute. Oh, cool! So they had both just laying they around. Said both. They're like they're just laying around. Well, I Pick think which one you like I better. think they mixed it up. I think my oh. cousins got the clarinet. God damn it! Yeah, and yeah. so I ended up playing the flute, and it, it was just like, all right, well, this is what. I got so i'm gonna make it work um and that was middle school all through college i played the flute i don't think i knew that do you still pick it up from time to time do you have one i still have i actually and while i was in college was going to be a flautist so i I have a pretty professional flute at home and i I brought it to our jam i was gonna say i have a memory of you playing our new year's jam yeah that's why okay yeah so how why. so wow so you kept that seventh grade eighth grade all through high yeah. school and then in, college what did you college, study in school in college i studied a lot of things i changed my major a lot um but i started out as a music education major oh. I, I was like i'm gonna be a band director and then two years in and i remember actually specifically the, the day because i had failed my oral training class and i had to go to oral, this is it oral training oral like training is like sightseeing it's fucking impossible dude I, sightseeing, I failed that shit too listening and then dictating <laughs> Hating it and and i feel like there i mean it's definitely it's definitely a muscle that you have to and like i think training yeah yeah, i think people have more talent some you know more talent than others but but i I think anyone could do it yeah you know but it's a lot of work and and once you fail it you have to wait a year what like where the way it was and so that was the day that i failed and then also i had to go to this terrible a senior recital in trumpet and like the i felt bad for her but she gassed out like halfway through and i was like that is not gonna be me oh no and so wait is she solo is that what like a senior recital yeah like you basically are putting on like um you know concertos and stuff like with your your main instrument and that's part of becoming a band director 
the teacher music teacher <laughs> no she she just gassed out she couldn't like she couldn't perform oh, like you know shit. like it just like oh. you could you could tell like she got tired and it didn't sound <sighs> as good and like and then it's like oh the judgment that's the, the rejection it's Holy hard to, and honestly is at the end of the day like she totally recovered as a human because she teaches she's one of oh hell, yeah like she, she has story. like a high school program band program you know Aww. i don't you know know her well but i i just remember that affecting me in a way of like all right no were you and maybe like a you were young you weren't a senior yet or you were i was still i was halfway through i was a sophomore sophomore yeah and and then but at also at that time like i had taken women's studies to kind of circumvent uh like a history credit yeah Oh, I, I, took, I took women's history at uh, DVC. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up doing art history, so I don't think I really needed to take it. But I, I, I loved it. I, I loved it, so too. Much. And I, yeah. I think there's so much to, like, kind of just explore with that and, like, just kind of realizing, like, we do kind of live in a, in a world that is built by men. Yeah. It's especially in social structures, especially in the West. And, and I mean, I mean, even more so in, like, different places, yeah. you know, for everybody. <laughs> and so, but, like, that that kind of really, like, I was just very jazzed about having, like, these kinds of conversations and, like, kind of really breaking down because I grew up very Catholic. And that's one of the things, like, um, that... I for a long time as a kid thought I was going to be a nun because that's what my dad wanted oh, me. You know, like, yeah, he was like, "Oh yeah, I've been praying, and I thought that you were going to be a nun." And I was like, "Oh, I guess I'm supposed to be that's a nun." A lot of pressure. And like, you know, <laughs> eighteen year old Anne is like just drinking after her spaghetti factory shifts, and is like, "This doesn't match up." <laughs> That sounds great. You know who yeah. loves the old spaghetti factory Stewart? We went there yeah. on his birthday. Shout out to the spaggers out there. Like, oh, is that what they call them? Is well, that like that's the- what we called it. We called it spaggers. We, you know, there was a crew of us. And this was before I was 21. Oh, my gosh. Um, before I turned, was oh twenty one, you so were was like, drinking alcohol before you were twenty one. Well, we had friends. what? <laughs> we so basically, like, there was a, a group Unheard of, of us us girls under twenty one, and we would go buy our cheese and crackers, which was literally like Ritz and like cheddar, and like just a block very of very refined. I know. Yes. And then they, and then we would be like, "Can you please just buy us one of each cheapest wine?" So we would do like wine tastings with oak leaf. <laughs> or like how fruit. are we not friends this is exactly <laughs> what i wanted to do and nobody wanted to everyone was like we're uh, drinking smirnoff ice and i'm like tangent. i like wine <laughs> no it's a good tangent because i could not relate more yeah it, i mean it was it was i mean def, i mean i definitely was like going a little bit wild during college too you know i was just kind of like finding myself in a lot of different ways and like with going back to the women's studies thing i got asked to be a ta that that oh, year as really well cool. so i was taing in women's studies and so there was this whole move like it there was this whole moment of like all right well because i also wanted to like part of like that time that that time frame Anne was like maybe i'll be a professional flautist and play in a symphony Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like every like freshman in college just like i had a lot i thought i was gonna be a psychologist yeah you just I thought i was gonna be dreams you know yeah, and I had a lot of plans. You have a lot of plans, and and Emily, our plans aren't done, you know, and like dreams, oh, whatever yeah, they evolve and we're stuff. We're still moving. I've had but, like five different careers in my yeah, 20s. But if you can so careers. after <laughs> leaving, <laughs> yes, exactly. After leaving music, I was a women's studies major, and then I realized that that was very depressing because I it's had to take fucking depressing like rape in literature. It's terrible. Oh, I mean, it's God. true. It's real. It's it's like something that always happens, and like we definitely need people that are advocates for people that are struggling with domestic violence and all of this stuff. But I, I also felt the weak constitution in that sense of like, 
you know, it just wasn't the right fit. And then um, after I switched from women's studies, I switched to creative writing and it, with a poetry influence. Dude, that's awesome. So I, I didn't know you were into poetry. I'm super poet, super, super poetic. Nerd, yeah. mostly in high school and yeah. then a little bit in college. Yeah. I, so my last year in college, I just had the dream of being a poetry major. And meanwhile, I still was in choir. Oh, so you, well, when did you start choir? uh, The beginning of college, actually. We didn't have a choir program at our high school. Whoa. I mean, we did, but it wasn't, like, I was very much a band kid. I was the drum major. I was in choir guard. basically the same. Yeah. Like, we were, I mean, they were more like, sorry, choir and drama were really interlocked, but Mm -hmm. we were all kind of in the same, I felt like it was the same kind of people, but. Yeah, I mean, and and it was, it's just that our choir was, like, very limited, and I ended up taking guitar classes and band and that sort of thing so it just didn't end up being that i was in that choir and then when you're a music major they make you take choir yeah I've and heard that. that that was like i mean we didn't have the best director but the like some of those pieces that we did it was like um um i am not yours z randall stroop that is like if, if you have if you're at home they're listening to this podcast you have google and go of you. go to youtube <laughs> and um it's the what is it it's the saint cloud state university they have a very great version of that song on What's on youtube again? i am not yours and the conduct or the composer is z, z randall stroop and it's fresh on my mind now because i that choir has been what i kept like out of everything because when when i changed majors i was like uh you know band doesn't make sense anymore um and then i was just kept choirs because they were easier in quotation marks like but it was more relaxed and i think it also like resonated more and like singing like just kind of that being the column of air that you are when you're singing is like i don't know i just really loved that it's it's really you know what i really miss is singing the same thing with 50 people so well yeah because so you're powerful. just enveloped in this yeah. harmonic and i've to- i've told people and i've said this on the podcast before so i'm sorry to repeat myself but if you want to learn how to sing we've talked about this a lot but join a choir because you're just that's how i learned how to sing i was 16 i had yeah. no singing experience i was not a good singer at no, all me too. definitely not and uh i just Stuart convinced me to get into choir because he was like we can have a class together because i'm a senior and you're a sophomore but we can be in the same class and I was like, oh, that'll be fun. So I joined choir and then, yeah, I just had, you know, 10 other women around mm-hmm. me singing the alto part, which is always like a weird harmony. Yeah. And uh, and it made me a singer. Yeah. And I stuck with it. And it's it's different to high school choir compared to um, college choir because I did both. Mm-hmm. And um, choir, you just have to learn your own shit. Yeah. <laughs> like in high school, I remember it's like, okay, altos, here's your line. And they just play the piano for your line and you do it like 10 times mm-hmm. and you like, it gets ingrained. And then in college, they're like, read your fucking parts and figure yeah. it out and don't sound like shit. And it's like, oh no, I'm not yeah. ready for this. Like, well, whoa. And, and like just taking that, like the, the through line of choirs in general, like I, I started in, in college and I was really lucky actually to be asked to be part of a friend of mine, he was starting a student-run choir, so it was just, like, 16 women. That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. And we toured with that, and, like, that was, like, Whoa. you had to be a lot more independent because there's only three people singing your part. Yeah. Um, you can't be the weak link. Yeah. Because it would be easy to be the weak link in three people. It's, yeah. like, that's pretty small and, um, sample. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And, and then, like, when I was – so I left college because I got a job offer. 
and like the I had been That's working amazing. for this festival during spring break the whole time and it was literally like I was just hanging out in the music courtyard freshman year and um someone was like who wants to work uh who wants to make five hundred dollars during spring break and my I like knee jerk reaction was like me. <laughs> You're like just sure. hand up me. What is it? <laughs> no details. No details on the job. And it, and it was it. just moving timpani around, you know, and and setting up chairs for this workshop for a festival that happened every year. It was I think like maybe about the twenty. What city are we in? In Honolulu. Oh, cool. And um and choirs from choirs and bands from like Singapore and like we had wow. the Royal Tongan police band one year and um, that sort of thing. So I was just working for them every year. And I think um, they kind of saw the potential, which I'm grateful for because they hired me into a project manager position where I was running that festival, wow. like after working cocktail jobs and no finished degree. It was really crazy actually. And I was literally like, uh, I got hired and like thinking that I was going to be pouring people coffee. I'm like, okay, so what am I going to be doing? And yeah, you're like, like a gopher. well, so you're going to be running the Los Angeles International Music Festival, and we're you're going to be working at Disney Concert Hall, and like, and then I was like, what the fuck? Okay, so should you're I get like, a, yes, I'm very qualified. Should I get an you. Excel for Dummies book? <laughs> like, you know, Microsoft so, Suite for Dummies. Yeah, so I I lucked out with that, but I I left, and like I think moving to california and so that job is what took you to california. that job is okay. what took me to california yeah and i i got like you know i came out with a, a suitcase and basically feel like i cl- crash landed a little bit like didn't feel myself didn't know what i was doing didn't have any friends like i lived in benicia tiny town like walked to work and then like oh benicia 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 the b it's e town yeah it's i think of it as like families Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very great place to raise your family, which was not useful to me at 23. Yeah, you're like, these are not my people at all. I, well, you know, a couple of weeks in, I found the stoners and like they, and I was like, all right, cool. They're like, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I found my peeps, you know, and so and they're easy to find. <laughs> and, and a lot of those people that I made friends with that, like, you know, I think month in are still, still friends, friends today. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I was lucky with that. But when I came to California, I didn't bring a guitar. I didn't bring... I brought the flute because it's expensive. You're <laughs> like, like, it just and it's not that big. So it's not that big, but <laughs> it, a- you know, it just stayed in a, a dresser because I kind of felt like, all right, I have a nine to five job now. I am responsible for these events and like, this is my life. And now I'm an adult. Yeah. And when like, events are cr- I don't know if this was the case with you, but just crazy, crazy hours. You're crazy hours. And f- exhausting. Exhausting. Yeah. I did lots of responsibility. <sighs> yep. I did events at my winery, uh, a lot of big parties, and like you work like a twelve-hour day. There's a emergency every forty minutes mm-hmm. that you have to get through. People are freaking out. I was always like the c- way too calm person. Everyone wanted me to freak out, yeah. <laughs> and everyone else is like, "There's no blah blah blah," and I'm just like, "Yeah, that's we'll get through it." Like, blah blah. blah. But you come home from those days, and you just fucking you can't do anything. Yeah, like you're not functional. Like you're yeah. brain dead. I would just like watch something like jeopardy like i couldn't even like mm-hmm. follow a storyline oh, i was very, like i'm, so I'm dead. still very into jeopardy no we're really into jeopardy there's no what shade on jeopardy at all jeopardy yeah <laughs> we uh we were forcing friends to watch it the other night and they're like this is fun we're like are we forcing people to no. watch jeopardy <laughs> well you know what's great is like some wine 
it's a, some jeopardy you can make it a drinking game too you can like if somebody yells out the correct answer everybody else drinks i, I love it can the, get really out of hand yeah uh, i love the ones um that like starts with a b or whatever you know those oh, are it's, th- those are yeah. my strong suits like the wordplay ones we like i like the college and uh it's funny because we, we, we went through a binge at one point. Um, I don't know what we were going through, but we were going through a Jeopardy phase for sure. And uh, we watched like the high school, like the kids one. And then we watched the college one. And the kids are so much smarter than the college students. Yeah. Like even the, even the questions yeah. for the college students, you're like, this is easy shit, man. How are you guys not well, getting Well, you this? start losing brain cells when you start drinking. It's you know? all like pop culture like shit. And you're just like, this is... And then the kids are answering these crazy history things. It's like, we didn't know any of that. So yeah. Anyway, because it's also, it's so removed. Like, mm-hmm. anyway. The Greek gods one. I like that one too. But oh, yeah. yeah, so I, I stopped playing music. I just wasn't musicking. And I was jeopardying and I was partying. <laughs> and, it, and it was. How old are you? Working. Like early 20s? Early 20s. I turned 23 in California. Mm-hmm. So it was like 2012. And I moved. Yeah, because Cal- we're the same. My age. California anniversary yeah. is uh, August 25th, 2011. So I'm coming oh, up wow. on nine years wow. in California. Oh, nice. I know. And I mean, that's your entire 20s, basically. Well, and I, I yeah. basically so celebrate it like a birthday because, A, my birthday's in January, so it sucks here. It's cold. And <laughs> like, I can't have a party. And then, B, I do feel like Californian is like completely a different person. And, and like in a way, like I'm just a nine-year-old Californian. Oh, you I know? like that. Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good excuse for things. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just nine years old. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. Social norms wet. Okay. Um, so, okay. So you're in California. What, what brought you back to music? Um, uh, you know, there was, there was a couple, there was a couple of things that happened. Uh, so there was one summer where a friend of mine, um, beautiful artist and um, her name is Sarah Gallagher she went uh, to Colorado for a retreat and then came back a musician like she had always been a musician I just mm. hadn't known about it <laughs> oh okay she's yeah, always like, been she, I'm like hmm, she, like, she played piano growing up and everything oh, but like cool, she cool. Came, like she went off and like you know, fell into the wrong crowds and started playing the ukulele oh, no. <laughs> and came back and like was a songwriter. Crowds. And wow. so she invited me, she was back in town. Um, Cause basically the group of friends that I had made were all from Benicia. And then I just joined a friend group. Like I had been going to high school with them or something, you know? So she was back in town in our hometown and um, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to the open mic at the Relic, which is just the bar. Like, basically, there's four bars on First Street in Benicia, and that's the bar that tries to be everything for everyone. Like, they have brunch on Sundays, they have trivia, they have the they have, they like, have the open mic. Yeah, they, yeah, they're like we're everything. They have goth night. Um, they have goth night. They do. <laughs> they have goth night once oh a month. Um, so they, she invited me to the open mic, and that was like me just being like, all right, I'll go for like. I'm going to drink on a Tuesday night anyway. And Might so, as well be out in public, uh, you know, making, <laughs> being social. Yeah. Venetia's small. And so it's like hanging out, um, with her and, uh, at the open mics and made friends with the regulars there. That's about six months of just being a regular drinker at the open mic. Yeah. Um, and then it was December of that year that I was like, Oh, let me try. Um, and part of it. And the other part is that I fell in love in Monterey and so, uh, Cowboy Star, check out his music. Oh, no. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I love but, that you plugged it. Yeah. Okay. No hard R feelings. R two there. R's. 
uh, <laughs> star with two R's, like Ringo Starr. Um, and and he he like in that in that early part of the relationship, he was like, oh yeah, like open mics are no big deal. Like if you're gonna play at home, you can play out an open mic. Dude, and open mics are super fucking intimidating. I'm sorry, they are. Well, like, and it was. Yeah, I, I was I, gonna I, say you have. It was. I was every I was, right to be like, uh, I, no, it's know, not like playing at home. It's I was terrifying. there with my 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 you know my my small ukulele and like that um playing just songs and getting really nervous and forgetting things that i didn't know and um but what was great about that open mic and then also the townhouse which like i'll tell you about rich adams in a little bit because i went up to the townhouse and it was friends for the most part and it was at the bar that like I went to the first day that I was in Benicia. So it was just very supportive environment. So even yeah. though I messed up and I felt badly about it, it wasn't, it didn't feel that it was like badly. A, yeah. The crowd, dude, the crowd is everything. Yeah. Cause I know that you like your open mics were like starry plow, which feels like dude, starry plow is just such a crazy. big stage. You well, there's know? a billion people there yeah. and they're all just waiting to play. Yeah. And the thing about like, it's, it's a friendly crowd. Like Berkeley, I think it's like a friend, like they're like ready for anything and like, pretty open and like it's a friendly crowd but it's not a very responsive crowd Mm -hmm. so i always feel like it's like oh yeah and i'm like do we suck like every time (laughs) we play there i'm like they fucking hate us but like i've actually played the one time i played maybe not the one time i I don't know if i have a good memory for it but one of the first times i played guitar on stage was uh accompanying my friend april um at the starry plow and it was one of those things where we i was barely Stuart and i were barely doing radio keys i was living in berkeley he was in santa barbara um i barely really played guitar and uh my friend april who's an incredible singer and i just went just walked over the starry plow i used to live down the street and i was like oh check out this open mic and one of the guys there uh knew me from me and Stuart singing there a couple times so he came up to me and he's like hey uh we're full tonight but i have a slot that just got uh vacated can you take it and I was like, oh, Stuart's not here. Like, I can't do anything. <laughs> that was my mentality. I'm like, no, I, I, can't, I can't do it. And April was like, was like, what do you know? I'll sing and you can play. And I was just like really against it. And I uh, ended up doing the most, the easiest song. If you're learning guitar, mm-hmm. it's a good one to start with. Uh, Me and Bobby McGee. Oh, that's a good one. Yes, it's a really good one. It's like EA, EA or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, yeah, and then there's a key change. And uh, so I just sat and played that while she sang. And it that's was the cool. first time I've ever done that. But I remember like, yeah, getting up in front of the Starry Plow, and it was like, first of all, I'd never played with a plugged-in guitar, so it was like the loudest fucking yeah, thing I'd ever really, heard. I was like, just like, "Whoa, that's loud!" <laughs> I'm like, "We can turn that down, right? That that doesn't need to be that. No one needs to hear me playing that loud." <laughs> I know I'm on stage <laughs> playing guitar. I'm like, "This is," but this don't is, listen yeah. to this. <laughs> well, it's, it's scary yeah. when it's the only thing. Too. Oh, totally, mm-hmm. it's the only thing. So, totally. like, yeah, you've got the rhythm on your shoulders. You've got a lot going on, and uh, and yeah, I can't. I think I kind of blacked out. I don't really remember how that went. Uh, I think it probably went fine. April can tell us all about it. <laughs> she was like, yeah. it's fine. Um, but yeah, the crowd, I don't know. The crowd is so weird there. Yeah. And except they do have a rule or a, have you ever played the, their I have. You have. I, yeah. Okay. So they have their thing where it's like everybody plays one song, mm-hmm. but if the crowd really, really likes you, yeah. then you get a second song. And it was like a challenge. To get yeah. That. It's like yeah. a challenge. And I think it, I didn't get that. I yeah. I don't, I think it maybe happened to me and Stuart one time, but I think we like played to the crowd. The and first like, song I did like, oh, a, wow. like a, like a cover that was like, yeah. this is going to get them, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, the, I'd never think of like when we play full band at the plow, I always feel like it's almost like, 
like the it's a different it's it's a it's an interesting venue it depends on a lot yeah, of things yeah yeah I, I mean it's iconic but it so, is yeah. and well and also like we played there what like two days after christmas recently and it was pretty dead because berkeley mm-hmm. dies around the holidays and we forget about that it's like oh berkeley just like it's a college town like in the summer it dies weirdly and then mm-hmm. it, like right around december it's like really yeah. dead so it's just i mean i love playing it um i think the open mic is probably the i think it's the biggest open mic in the east bay or something. Yeah, it got like it's best always of the like east number bay. yeah it's number one on so the list it's, every that's time. that's the most packed i've seen it um although the was it the show that we played or the show that you came to see us? I can't remember what it was. Pretty, it was the show I got shushed at that I talk about a lot. But that was pretty packed. Yes. No, that was the one that I came to see you. And it was, was Marge playing that show? With Roxy? Yes, it was Roxy. You're right. Yeah. I was like, we, yeah, we did a stint where we did like four shows in a row with them. Yeah. Um, and that was one of them. And then there was some other like uh, Berkeley bands that opened. That mm. was actually pretty packed. Yeah. But like, it's always really hit or miss with yeah. them. So yeah i mean and and at the end of the day it, like it doesn't quite matter yeah when, like when it comes to like getting up there and like this is like one thing that i am a big proponent of because i work a nine to five and majority of us do and or like a night job or whatever it is yeah. and like you have to work at least 40 hours a week to be able to live and that's a lot of time it's a lot of time and so if anyone is going to get up anywhere with anything yeah like that for five accomplishment. minutes like yeah. just do it you know and just do it, it is really the yeah just go yeah. just do it well people have even told me like i get terrified playing guitar on stage and i get really terrified with the idea of playing guitar by myself on stage so i'm so impressed when people are like you can do that um because that's like my big fear um but singing i never get nervous if i'm just yeah. singing in front of a big crowd or a little crowd i'm like oh this is i'm never nervous but it, i've I've it hasn't always been that way like mm-hmm. there was like a good year where I was nervous every time so it's really just doing it over and over and yeah. over and over and over again and then you just get well, and then it's, it's just second nature and well it's kind of like walking you know like, and then, when, yeah, exactly. like I mean I couldn't always walk yeah I just don't remember the time that I couldn't yeah you know it was just like but it's kind of like I it, it feels like that a little bit now where like you know I and like I, if I'm like on the road or something like in LA, I've like just like been like, oh, what's the open mics around? You know, because like it's kind of like addictive almost a little bit. But I also feel like I can do an little. open mic. Like I know how to say hello with my guitar at this point. Yeah. Um. And it, like, but that you know, kind of rewind back to that first day where I'm just like there with this soprano ukulele, not really knowing what sound I'm creating or what I want to create and what I so want to put you, forth. Were you writing or I was just covering, was covering, I was just doing yeah. covering so- I cover mean, songs. And then yeah. Rich Adams, left-handed guitar player in Vallejo, he runs uh, the townhouse open mic and he, and I, I've like seen him do it and he did this to me is a oh, townhouse is a bar in Vallejo. And I've seen him do this to me, to me, but like to other people too, where like he'll see a new talent and then he'll go over like, uh, you know, the guy, um, I, I've com- the guy in um, Willy Wonka that comes in, in after he, like you win a golden uh. ticket and like he whispers in your ear. Like that's Rich Adams. Like, oh. like he's, <laughs> he like sees you play like, and he's like, 
come to the townhouse open mic. <laughs> you well, know? you know what it is though? I think, and t- I'm sorry that Tom doesn't have a mic because I think he would have something to say about this because Tom used to run an open mic, but I think you see the same fucking people every mm-hmm. week. So you see a new person come in and they're good and you're like, oh my God, please. You got to come to mine. Come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Well, and, and then like, the, but that also creates this community. Yeah, exactly. And then it creates like, like that's why I'll, I'll plug Rich Adams all day. Rich Adams, Rich Adams. Because he is awesome. Yeah, you he's know, got a good name. He also plays the guitar left-handed, so and and the banjo left-handed as well. So you know, ah. it's just backwards a little bit. It's just, it just <laughs> it's looks like looking a little wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a little bit wrong. Um, but, no, that's for, and you're right. Open mics do create yeah. community. And and he's and he's like a he used to work for NASA and retired and then picked up the guitar again. And so like that's like Aww. you know like one of those I things love those where stories, I'm like yeah. you know like you kind of like wherever you are in your life like if you've like if you're out there and you feel like you haven't you know um you want to or whatever express it, yourself yeah, in that express way yourself yeah don't you let know, just kind of do it stop you just do it. i yeah I, and so i started writing songs like shortly thereafter well if you were already had written some poetry and done yeah played with language like that's a pretty actually you know in high school we we had uh, my guitar class we had assignments to write songs that's so cool really and, yeah and so oh, I, re- I remember that so cool. and um and one of my good friends at the time who i don't speak with anymore because high school yeah was like oh who wrote that song you know you know do you know that joke of uh, like hey who sings that song no oh it's nsync oh we should keep it that way Oh, that's yeah. yeah. That, wow, that sounds so 2004. It's just yeah. oh, wow. It really just took me back. Yeah, and, and so, <laughs> so I was like playing my song that I had written, and he was like, "Who wrote that? Who who plays that song?" I'm like, "Me," and Aww. he was like, "Oh, oh well, we should, should keep it that way." You're <laughs> you know? like, "Yeah, we, like, we should." He's like, "Oh, that's the way to undo that joke." Do you remember any of the songs you wrote as anything that was like sticky stick um, wood stick? I don't know what I'm uh, trying to say. <laughs> I, I wrote any this, gold from that era like i wrote this one song and i probably could probably recreate it um about a guy that i saw across the street because i was i was super smart in math too and i was going to the community college for math humble brag oh um, i knew I, I knew a girl like i can that. barely count to math um six but <laughs> well you had a she yeah i had a uh ex-friend who uh uh, yeah, she was like too smart for like the highest math class. So yeah. she went to DVC in the mornings and then she like yeah. biked to our high school, which yeah. is kind of crazy that they set that up. So you were doing that. Yeah. Well, and, and so then we saw like this boy like skating and it was like, wonder what his name is, Cole. And so, um, Cole sounds right for him. You made up a story yeah, and for then him. And like the, the chorus, I it was like, I'll fill in the blanks cause they're so little that I know. <laughs> I think that sounds good. Pretend that you play guitar and pretend your name is Cole or something like that. Yeah. And it was just like cowboy chords. Um, so I oh, that's like, every yeah. song I write. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still in that bubble, but I like it. I yeah. like that bubble. So, um, ooh, sorry. It's all good. Uh, sorry. It's, uh, what's that? A notification. Oh, it's just uh, my mom and dad text, text all the time. They're um, probably listening. Hi, mom and dad. What's up, guys? <laughs> my, sorry, this is going to be a sidebar. But my dad texted me today that uh, they like <laughs> kind of shocked me. My uh, it's not really my childhood bedroom because I moved there when I was 10. But we painted it. I painted it when I moved in uh, like maroon. So I painted my walls maroon. And they've been that way since 2004. And today they painted them white. And so, uh, yeah, thank you for <laughs> reacting that way. So he and I think, you know, he was like, I might paint your walls. And I was like, I was like, you know, I think they look cool maroon. But like, do what you want. <laughs> 
sorry they're more blood red but uh like a dark dark gray yeah and uh but it, it's just been that way for so long and then yeah he just texted me these photos today. he's like here they are white now and i was like oh my god <laughs> and that was like the thing i woke up to i don't know if you remember that but i was like things are changing yeah and then i you know had a meditative thing on that and now I'm now I've moved on. Now I you have they to look paint good. these walls red here. Yeah, I know. I, I like uh, I like a little color. No, um, I have to get a big painting to put right behind your head. There's a big blank space. I oh, like. Yeah. I don't know. Blank walls give me a weird anxiety. I like to have stuff up. It makes it feel like a little habitat. Yeah, co- cozy. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'm sorry we went. I went really tangent as I tend to do. Um, so you played an open mic and you started back with ukulele yeah yeah ukulele and then so it was like i started an open mic and i had a ukulele that i brought with me so i had a flute and a ukulele ukulele? because i think we did Uh, choir they they make you teach uh, they make you learn ukulele in like fourth grade in hawaii that's the coolest thing i've ever heard in my life yeah (laughs) (laughs) wait how did we skip that i don't know everybody does um so it's like the recorder yeah yeah, it's yeah it's like one of the the music programs and so like but, but and our elementary school was like kind of in on it. Kali, like I went to Kalihiuka, so um, Hawaiian lesson. Uka, mm-hmm. um, Mauka. Oh wait, no, Uka, Vina, and Makai. No, Kai. Yeah. So Kalihi Kai is the everything's kind of on the island split up into like pie pieces. Okay. They call them ahupua'as, which is like house of the pigs, and they would mark it with like the head of the pigs, Whoa. and that's how like you knew you were crossing into the next pie section you know area and so they they split it up into these little pies and every the community had resources from everything from the mountain to the ocean wow and so kalihikai is the elementary school that's closest to the ocean kalihuka is the elementary school closest to the mountains yeah and so um kalihuka only had just like we just had ukulele and we just learned ukulele. Klee Kai had a glee club of ukulele kids. Holy shit. And so when I got to middle school, I was like, well, I guess I'm not that good of a ukulele player, you know? Well, when everyone's playing, that's a really crazy, you really have no sense of like, yeah. Or yeah. you have a really intense sense of where you fall in this. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and so, and I, I and then it was just really like, just like kind of a stony Saturday thing once it, when I came to California, cause I, I brought a flute and then I actually purposely bought a ukulele. I didn't own one before. Yeah. Um, and it's, did you cl- remember it pretty well from, yeah, it's yeah. a simple instrument. I mean, like it's a simple instrument, but it's also can be very complicated. And that's why I respect a lot of, you know, players that really take it to the next level. Um, but fun fact, it's a Kala. It's a, the Macala Soprano is what I bought back then. And like now I work at I was the company say the place that manufactures where you, where you that. work now yeah. is what you bought. Aww. Yeah. So I, so like when I Full was circle. like not playing music in quotation marks, like I would have like maybe once every three months, pull out the flute and once every like month, pull out the ukulele, you know, because I would just get stoned and play ukulele in this yeah. one room that we would smoke. And that sounds like um, me with guitar in college. It was like, Oh, I'll play this for a little while, but it was not. Yeah, very, it wasn't like I'm yeah. like I'm learning this to perform it. Yeah, and I w- yeah I was the same. I was just like, oh, this is kind of fun to yeah. strum on and make up some lyrics. Exactly, and, yeah. it's a good songwriter's instrument. Yeah, ukulele. Ukulele. And, oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And so, um, we yeah, so I I was performing with that, and then January of, because this was 2016, 
end of 2016. So January of 2017, I bought uh, the Fender acoustic that I have. And then I was like, all right, let's just start playing guitar again. Let's get it going. And it did come back. Like it was very like bike riding, you know, like I was like, not like to the Lance Armstrong level of bike riding, but like to like the little kid to like, oh yeah, it's a bike. Oh yeah. Like this one's E minor and this one's A minor or whatever. Oh yeah. Those chords stick. Once you learn how to make your hand do that thing, Mm -hmm. which takes forever, I feel like to figure out. Mm -hmm. Like I've watched people who don't play guitar like try to form a g chord and been like and be like oh yeah it's kind of weird it is kind of weird the first few anyway you, yeah yeah once you learn like, it you can't unlearn like it, it becomes like your a hand whole, just do yeah it, it becomes yeah. in a whole even a if home in a your hand yeah. yeah and so um yeah i brought the guitar back into like the equation and um and then it was just kind of like funsy sean caffey the the my friend that just had his birthday happy birthday sean um oh, yeah. Last night he was over one day and playing like you know like playing guitar and like we were just like kind of riffing and we um, co-wrote this song a very serious song called Larry the Vulture um, about a vulture just looking for love. <laughs> oh, I love it! I feel like I know this song. <laughs> I, prob- I was I like, might we have talked about it. this song. <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's a good one. Um, well, it's storytelling. It's, uh, the, yeah. and the hooks like fly or die. Fly or die. <laughs> Gotta find my fly or die. <laughs> Sorry, I love it so much. It's, uh, it's it's a good one, and I get the audience to do the cause nowadays. Um, and and then the second song that I wrote was Toto. Oh, cool. Yeah, and so yeah. then and then it was like, and I was um for the audience members. This song is like basically a general like what would I do if I was Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz? But it was on a day that I had run out of whiskey and I was drinking rum and that's like a lyric in there. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, so like it just kind of like, you know, like, <laughs> like sometimes just songs kind of fall out. Like you're just like in the right situation exactly. and you're just like kind of word associating with what's around and what's been yeah. on your mind and like what you've been watching recently, which I am constantly watching the Wizard of Oz um, as a human. And it's I need to rewatch it again. It's a it's yeah. a good one. It's a I mean and like even like not even just like and I remember as a kid being like, guys get ready. This one's a little scary. Okay. It totally is a little scary. It's not a kid's. I movie. got teased though. <laughs> I got teased for that. Like, and that wasn't scary at all. <laughs> Can I tell you? I was um one of my claims to fame. I think it was fourth grade. I was in the Wizard of Oz play. My Ooh. elementary school did it, and guess what part I had? Oh, it's very glamorous. It's the, not. It's not. The, it's the not. Tin Man. Were it's you not. like that? Were you nope, that big? not that cool. I was the doorman uh, that lets them into Oz. <laughs> oh, and I, that's and a good I had, one. I had Nobody's a, <laughs> home. Yeah, I had a big green hat. Uh, my dad uh, texted me a picture of me recently in the, in my outfit and it's like a green and white outfit and I had a big green hat and I get to open this like shutter thing that we made on stage and the only line I remember is me saying that's a horse of a different color that's, well, that's a horse of yep. a different color and that's yeah and I, I in I guess it was fourth grade um I didn't know that expression yet so I remember asking like that's the only reason I remember that line I was like what the, what the fuck does that mean <laughs> but anyway that's my claim to fame yeah, yeah. it's it, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> gosh amazing like, music in that film by the way sorry yeah but like yeah it's it's great music it's and it's it's just innocent it's a hero's journey there's just, there's just a lot of fun a to it badass. i mean I, i'm a kid's movie gal like i like i'll sit at home 
alone watching Wally and drinking wine. That sounds you know? great. It's a great movie. It's a great film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it, it, you know it's just kind of like one of those things. Where, again, I and I again, I, and then I started joking about um, because this was while I was in love with Cowboy Star, and I was like joking about um, basically being like a songwriter by injection. Ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was like kind of a combination of things. It was, it was like Sarah was doing it. Like I had made all these friends that well, are commu- like musicians, yeah, you're, like your community. Like and it. and then it was just kind of like it. There was like a jostling that happened. Where well, it's like if you hang out with a bunch of people that do yoga, you're probably gonna start. Yeah, yoga. Yeah, and <laughs> and then it's the habit of like doing yoga a lot. You're like actually like you know I need to clean myself out. I'm gonna go stretch and yeah. just go yoga a little and this bit. This is my new. Yeah. It's a very similar therapy. Yeah, I feel like, and music. and whatever happened in that that time frame. I mean, and it was also like Saturn's return. I was I was coming up on like changing careers because this whole time I'd been at the doing the event com- stuff. The, doing the event stuff and like I was coming up on that ending and like I like kind of felt that that was coming up and um and i don't know it was it was just kind of like whatever it was like the music part of like the actual creation part because i was lucky i was doing all of the things behind the scenes um pointing musicians in the right direction to where the stage is and all of that stuff and stage managing it's really but, cool yeah, yeah it's really cool it's it's great stuff but it's not you know it's like there's a different fulfillment that comes from making music and then with songwriting it was like very much like a revival of like everything that i had worked on when i was working on poetry like very seriously did you (laughs) this is maybe an annoying question but did you pull any of your imagery that you'd written about before and try um, to translate that into stuff. I'm only asking. I'm totally uh, because I did that. I was like, oh, I read a bunch of poetry mm-hmm. when I was like 18, 19, 20, and going through like a really wrenching uh, heartbreak relationship thing, and uh, and writing a lot of poetry. And I was when I started songwriting, I was like, oh, I have all this great material yeah. <laughs> sitting over here. How do I turn this into songs? And well, a lot of it didn't work. I think <laughs> but, uh, yes, a lot of it won't. And and also yeah. like. When I was doing a lot of poetry, I was, I was, I was very anti-rhyme. And I was, oh yeah, yeah I was very too. esoteric and like yeah. I was playing with form on the page and that sort oh, of thing. Yeah. And it, and uh, I mean, I I say it like in this tone of voice because I'm a little uncomfortable like talking about my poetry. I don't think but anybody's comfortable talking no, about their poetry. And if they you, are, like I'm a little annoyed. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was like really. oh, yeah, I'm a poet. <laughs> You're <laughs> you know? a self-proclaimed. Okay, yeah, like, gotcha, gotcha. You know, so but it, you know. It, but actually recently um there has been a connection between those things and like uh, there's one long form poem that i wrote um in monterey like after the whole breakup thing um but I, I go down there i keep talking about it because i go down there every um year for the monterey jazz festival as a stage manager for them yeah, yeah yeah um so it was like one of those days where i was like okay this is the off day that i'm driving home like i'm gonna stop at the ocean and just write and like it's my favorite poem by far that i've ever written um and oh wow like, but you a, put yourself in the space to write it which is really cool yeah and i had yeah, that's I a had, big part of it i think yeah uh, oh totally yeah and i had but like i had kind of like thought that all right well now that i'm writing songs and i have this long form poem that i just love like this is gonna turn into a song yep and uh, <laughs> um that did not happen and then two two years later recently um spinning top 
has some of that Im- imagery, but not like the direct, because I think the poem kind of was like, I have an ocean in my heart, um, maybe in my chest, in my head, maybe between my hips or something to that effect. I'm misquoting myself. Cool. Yeah, I do it all the blatantly time. Blatantly on the internet right now. Um. <laughs> um, but Spinning Top has the, uh, um, the first lyrics, where is your soul? Is it the head or is it the chest? Where is the soul? Oh, I like that. So then it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, yeah, like, it's imagery. It's imagery you've come up with and tried to express in language in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, you can, you can use the same ideas and work the wording. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think if anybody just tries to sing a poem, it's probably going to sound terrible. Well, because it's not, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, maybe if you're writing in like a limerick form you know yeah. or like, or like old 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 school sonnet form um i think what's uh, iambic pentameter what's that like what <laughs> where is oh i am a iambic pentameter <laughs> sorry i'm i'm picturing the word you said now but i was like i was breaking it into like seven words that you just said and yeah. more got. um well i i remember like studying eminem um, when we talked about iambic pentameter, Ooh, you had a cool teacher. We had a cool teacher, <laughs> and they brought in Eminem, and it was like, oh, like cool, because like he and I can't do it now, but like you know, for those listeners, I can, that don't but I know, won't. I won't. Like, basically, an iambic <laughs> pentameter is, I, if I'm remembering this correctly, is that the line is ten syllables long, and then it, it off, it alternates between stressed and non-stressed syllables. Yeah, it sounds like. Yeah, and I won't try to do Eminem right now. I really want to, but I will not. I'm not going to. (laughs) I won't. I'm not going to do it. Lose yourself. I'm I'm like, oh, no, if you you are confident. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But, you know, so there there is a lot of, like, poetry forms that would fit directly into songs. And then there's not, you know, there's... and, And then the other thing about songs and... We talked about this a little bit with Marge on the the guest spotlight that she did. Go back and listen to the Marge episode. Yeah, Emma Jones. She was mailing. sitting in the same chair, oh, same oh green gosh. green chair. Yeah. One day, it's a good one. <laughs> so you, know, so you sometimes you have just friends that you want to grow up to be, and Marge is one of those friends. Like, She's my hero. You know, like yeah. you just have friends that you look up to. I look up to you, Emily. I, I really look up do. to you too. Oh, that's so good. <gasps> oh wow, we're already here. We're already a love fest. Cry. Um, so good. you know, but what's my point? <laughs> Eminem. I think your point was Eminem. Oh <laughs> no, no. So Marge was saying this on her her interview is that like you know if you actually like took a lyric you, and yeah, I was thinking about her quote, but I didn't want to misquote her. It, well, and I'm I'm not gonna quote but it's her what well we're either. Talking about yeah, it's like basically if you take the lyric and like kind of read it without listening to the music and in the the melodic line it often will not make sense at all yeah or it doesn't not have the same effect it falls flat yeah yeah and and poetry is kind of where you are playing with syllables and the sound of words and then like alliteration and like the imagery that you're painting and you have more room to do that whereas in a song like part of the effect or even arguably more of the effect is from the instrumental part yeah. of the song or yeah. the the melodic line and that's what makes it so difficult is to find that marrying of like yeah interesting yeah interesting sound as far as the instrumental aspect of it and then also lyrics that resonate and match with that sound yeah. it's the fucking well, and, endless challenge and, and some of it like you can't like 
I mean, it's a challenge and like but some of it you can't chase, you know, it's just stuff that will naturally come out and like, oh yeah. Every time I try to write a certain type of song, I feel like it doesn't work as well as when I'm just fucking around and I start coming yeah. up with stuff. Yeah. That's not my favorite way to write. Um, but yeah, well, yeah. and like we, we started with it uh, and like, it's one of my favorite tunes from you is like stumbling oh, and thanks. like, you know, if I could stop my heart from stumbling, like just oh, that. I found a you know? cringy version of that uh, from like 2014 the other day that I, a, a video, I'll play it for you later, <laughs> of me playing it. And it's so, it's it's a very different, it's still, it's if I could stop my heart from stumbling over all these words you're mumbling. I'm singing bad on purpose, I promise, if you haven't actually heard me sing. Um, but it was really like, it was really like, uh, pizza, uh, what is that, staccato? Yeah. And uh, and it was weird. And then I, yeah, we kind of fine tuned it. Yeah. Well, it, and, and <laughs> there's, there's that little. part of it too. Yeah. And like, but like, I love that line. I love that tune um, because oh, you thanks. do like play with this melodic like shape that yeah. mirrors your words. And it's not, it's not word painting where you're like actually, you know, like, you know word painting but it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. but like you do have like a, a lilt to the yeah. mel- melody that matches the feeling of the tune so then it brings this up to another level versus like those lyrics being in a book yeah um those which, lyrics written down would look silly i think it was, <laughs> it was like, it all right, this like person is just rhyming with stumbling. <laughs> That's literally what I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it needs that. I think you're right. I think what music can do is add that. Because like some of my favorite songs of all time are, if you just read the lyrics, they're pretty... Uh, uh, one of them, uh, there's a Van Morrison song that I'm obsessed with, um, uh, Sweet Thing. And the lyrics are, there's like only a couple lines and he like kind of says the same stuff over and over again, but the music behind it is so gorgeous Mm -hmm. and like the delivery and it's like one of my favorite songs of all time. But if you just read those lyrics one line after another, it'd be like this, what is he talking about? Like what's going on? Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like, um, or or every Beatles song. Love song. (laughs) Yeah. Every, well, (laughs) some of those songs are just confusing. Like what are you guys talking about? Later Beatles, you'd be like, what the fuck (laughs) are are you guys talking about? Like, yeah, it's, you know, and or like, um, love song, the cure. That's one of my favorites. Oh, um, yeah. But ri- sorry, like, sing it really quick. Uh, uh, it, it, whenever I'm alone with you, I will always love you. Yeah. However far away, <laughs> I will always love you. Yeah. That and but like and I've you know cover that and so when I was looking it up, I'm like, okay, so I'm just gonna be repeating whenever I'm alone with you. And it's like I but like I, like if that was a letter written to me, I'm like, I get it. You like being alone with me. <laughs> you like me. This is written like a twelve year old to another twelve year old. Yeah, it's it's yeah. And it's uh it's why I'm so afraid we talk about it a lot, so I'm sorry, but it's why it's hard to write a love song too. Because you write stuff out and you're just like my expression of love sounds like everyone else's and how do I make it sound unique and like how do I play with language and talk about the same feeling and I'm so impressed when people can do new new things with it Mm -hmm. you know well and sames because I I end up turning I I mean I think I've written half love songs more often that turn sour halfway through like you know it's like oh that's stumbling I'm like this is a love song and then it goes downhill yeah. yeah, so it's like, all right, well, you know, and and I think, you know, I don't know, it's 
it's it's something that I can definitely admire. Uh, one of the one of the bands that I really love, Joseph. Um, Ooh, I've heard of them. They they are great. I, I feel like they, they've popped up on my Spotify. They they played how I find all they my played music. the Mystic um, in Petaluma uh, recently, and it was kind of like one of those things where like I had choir practice, so I wasn't like I was like I want to go, but I don't like think I'm, I'll make it, and I just ended up booking it to uh, the the theater after choir because i still sing in choir um That's awesome. and and it was just starting the headliner was just starting and i was like fuck you know perfect timing and uh but they're they're a trio i'm a sister like sister group and so uh natalie in interviews have like said that like you know she has written was like trying to be a musician on her own. And like, you can kind of see that when she's performing where um, like if her sisters weren't there, like this could be a full band. Right. right? Um, and then when she asked her sisters who are twins to start singing with her, oh, cool. like this, you know, magic happened and yeah. it was like these locked in um, vocals and harmonies. And I love a sibling you know harmony me too yeah <laughs> if you if you're out there listening listen to radio keys biased over here well yeah. well and i i like uh, um during that time of like doing open mics i, I kind of left this part out but like i was my sister was my roommate so when my when we would just do duets all the time and that was so really what is fun she, she's a singer as well and yeah she, yeah and she was like playing with songwriting and stuff and like she's back in hawaii and like you know kind of cool that you could do in her life and stuff oh so she came to california and then came back she she was here for about a year and so you know anyway i love that that kind of sibling sound and they are very like you know rock and roll but folk and like synthy but not and like um but they have some great love songs and she writes about her husband and 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 it's just like it can be done it can be done and like yeah yeah it's my challenge for the year i've set up a couple songwriting challenges for the year and general music challenges or goals Mm -hmm. or it sounds really cheesy but of things i want to do musically this year one of them is yeah to actually flesh out a love song because i've come up with some lyrics and some things and i've written i've written uh my friend carrie has helped me think about how to attack this she she does a lot of writing exercises and she's like just just like write a couple pages Mm -hmm. about how you feel about a thing yeah and or about tom or about whatever and it's it's just for you because you have a love right yeah (laughs) or just reminisce on something or just like dig back or like she's like just write it out and she and i've been taking her advice and doing that and it's really helpful yeah um so yeah well and like i mean i've heard this said a, a lot of times it's like when you're when you're when you're looking for inspiration right if you're looking for inspiration it's like you can't really sit around and be like i wish i had the inspiration for a love song <laughs> and maybe i'll just get on my or phone or even more. just a, a song in general because i think there's like there's totally an incubation period of song ideas yeah and um you know like for a long time i wanted to like write a song about money and then it was like oh but it's also in combination of me working a bunch and then kind of also like half joking but half like being like let's hedge our bets here and say like i may never write a song again you know um and so like there's there's that but there's also like you know how we were kind of talking about like skills and muscle memories and things like that and like you know you can always walk and like what i have been finding 
real inspiration in is actually pushing myself to do more guitar or like yeah even pushing awesome. myself to like write a little bit every day or like if i have an idea oh, write huge. it down because i'm gonna forget it you know like just little exercises like that where it's like it does feel like you're kind of starting over again yeah because there's the the blessing and the curse of like toto was the second song that i wrote out of coming back into songwriting and it's possibly one of the best songs that i've written right and so like i feel like well you probably had devil's advocate you probably had because one of the uh, i feel like like the fifth song i wrote was while the sun's in your eyes i'd written some stuff before that but that was like my first like i wrote a full song here it is um i think when you're a creative person people like us especially if you're into writing and you've ingested a lot of poetry and you've ingested a lot of like songwriting i think you have a lot kind of ready to burst out yeah so your first couple songs might be kind of cool like i mean i feel like you have to break through mm -hmm. the bullshit a little bit like yeah. i'm mm, yeah there's some songs that i've written that in the very 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 beginning where i'm like this was just kind of a weird idea that didn't work or didn't land yeah. but but there's definitely like some magic it's why people's first records are so good there's some magic to like the first time you created well, something. and so here let me ask you like Ugh. um do you feel like you have this sense of chasing your previous like you just had an album like do you feel like you have a, ch a sense of like chasing that album's success or like that album's magic um, do you know what i mean like no you know <laughs> you're you know like it's funny that album is our first record and we've been doing this for over 10 years um i've been singing for uh, 15 years um and yeah writing for a little over 10 and so that record was the accumulation of 10 years of songwriting but it was 12 of those songs that we kind of handpicked um and that we've been playing for such a long time so i actually feel kind of good that that's like on wax and like set and like done and we can just push that aside and start fr like i'm actually really excited yeah um but yeah i there's definitely like i purse i don't think about like oh, we need to make like our second record. I mean, I think about it, but like that's not my big challenge in my brain. For me, it's always really personal. Like, okay, I need to, I've written good songs. Mm -hmm. I, f I feel confident enough to say that now. I wouldn't have five years ago, but I, now I'm 30 and I have more self-confidence. Yes. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I know I've written good songs. So I, I do definitely feel that every time I sit to write a song, I'm starting from scratch. Do you mm. ever feel that way? Yeah. Like I'm like, I know, I know how to do this. I know I know how to do this. But I feel like I'm starting just from the very beginning. Well, you never know time. what's going to come first, right? Exactly. And so, like, you just kind of have to be there and, like... Put yourself in the space to mm -hmm. do it. Like, you you said that earlier, like, I went to the beach, right? Or yeah. Like, you go somewhere and you set yourself up. Like, I have to kind of force myself to, like, have a quiet moment, pick up my guitar and just kind of let things come out. And also not try to overthink every word that comes out of my mouth when I'm trying right. to songwrite. Well, because I, I don't know about you, but I feel like when like it, like I'll go through, there's usually like kind of this like incubation period where I'm like, I have an idea in my head or I'm holding on to these hooks or this lyric and like, and then, and then there'll be this like birthing period, right? Where it's like, <laughs> this is the song, yeah. you know, and you come up with like basically like kind of the form of it. And, and then it, uh, for me it's always taken like performing it a couple of times to actually have the song yeah well like it, i i give or i've given myself that like leeway to be like you know change a lyric around oh i ch yeah the first couple times i do a song i usually 
um, want to change lyrics and go, well, that's not really the right word or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm kind of starting to learn that sometimes the first thing you came up with is the best thing to yeah. you and not to over tweak it um, and know when it's kind of complete. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It takes a couple times kind of getting it out. I My biggest problem is finishing songs. I probably have a hundred voice memos on my phone of like little snips yeah. that I forget about. And then every once in a while I have to like go through my phone and be like, wait, what is this shit? And they're all new recording 17, new recording 18. I don't name them. So they're just like random things that I'm just like, I need to like go back and look at these and see if there's any snippet of like just a melody or like a lyric that could be a chorus or a verse or whatever that, that, that works that I could build something off of. And then I'll build around that little tiny piece. And that's usually something that hits my brain when I'm fucking driving or Mm -hmm. driving or showering. The times when Shower. I can't, yeah, driving, driving, <laughs> the driving times when I'm not, or like lying in bed trying to go to sleep. That was recently. I came up with some lyrics, and it was uh, I'd I'd woken up at like 3 a.m. and like couldn't get back to sleep, and then I came up with some lyrics, and I was like, oh, "Fuck, I gotta go, I gotta go write this down," <laughs> and then and then I could sleep. But yeah, it's never the opportune moments. No. <laughs> or you sit, or you sit with a guitar and something cool comes out. I, I just feel like there's so many different ways that it happens for me. Well, and it and it's kind of like I mean, if the metaphor were to be like if you're just sewing, you know, and you're just creating these like you know, like you're just collecting these scraps of fabric and yeah. sort of making like you don't really know what the quilt's going to turn out to be, That's especially, a great you know. Great metaphor. Like so I have a lot of scraps of fabric, you know. Yeah. And so and and also it I mean a different metaphor would be that they're like or i don't know i'm, I'm tired of metaphors guys i like no but like, i like it because you know it, i mean like it's, it it's is very of, abstract well, and, and like it is piecing stuff and together it's, and it's also the building blocks of things right yeah. where like you you have to take a thousand steps before you're starting to run right or sort of thing and and so like that's kind of like even if they're unfinished they're that those steps sort of thing yeah well and i i liked your i really liked your sewing metaphor Mm. because i'll i'll write choruses and just they'll be like little orphan choruses for a while and then write those verses later i'll write a verse and it turns out to be a bridge and then the Mm -hmm. song so it is like i i don't think i don't know how people that don't write songs think it goes but i don't think i've ever really written a song from like start to finish like verse one chorus verse two chorus. you know what i mean it's usually like i write a bunch of verses or I write a chorus and then I have to piece things around that mm-hmm. and then I'll find some weird recording and I'm like, God, oh, that could actually work for this bridge because it's the same theme Yeah, because I write in a lot of the same themes because mm-hmm. it's the things that are bouncing around your brain all the time, yeah. you know, and it's like a lot of those things can kind of be pieced together depending, you know, if it serves the song and uh, it's exhausting. It well, and It's quite it, a feat when you finish one. I think it should always be celebrated. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, really celebrated. I, I've, I've started calling it the new tune magic. I'm like, I'm living in that new tune magic, you know, and it's just that, yeah, that and week after so that you get to it. go to like, you know, be like, this is a new tune and then tell yeah. tell folks. And so that that's really exciting to, you know, be able to do. But um, it always feels like a miracle to me when it happens. Like well, the, it, because I walk around telling myself that I'm not going to do it ever again. Yeah, you know? me too. And, so, and I'm like, I th- I'm like, I think I think my magic's gone. I think I peaked at 28, you know, and <laughs> 30 is not now I can't write songs anymore and it's like we I think a very a big relief was like we finished our album and I felt like we hadn't written in a really or I hadn't personally written a song in a long time and then we wrote the first song post our record it's called move yeah move is dope 
Thank you. That's a voice recording that I like. Stuart sent me a little guitar part and I just like did a voice recording one night by myself. And then it grew into this song. And I was like, it was just a big relief. Like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm proud of that song. But the biggest thing that that thing that that song like uh, meant for me and for us as a band is like, oh, the next thing is going to be really magic too. You know, yeah. like the next thing is good. Like, okay, we've got like, there's like a horizon, like there's a sun coming up on the horizon. Like there's, there's more here. And the next album, it, this can be really exciting. Yeah. Well, and, and you guys are at the point now too, where you're a team. We're a total team. Yeah. And so that, that's one thing that like, I definitely look up to you guys for is like, because the, the flip side of being a team is that you're trying to be a team with like when you're trying to be a team with folks that don't like quite it's really I've been in a know? couple bands. It's really hard to find. And Radio Keys has had a lot of lineups, mm-hmm. a lot of great lineups. Um, but this is by far the, the family. Oh, thank you. Um, sorry. My cat's screaming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he just has a lot of feelings, which, you know, we're all emotional people in this family. So I get it. Um, sorry. I got thrown off. Uh, you oh team family, yeah. <laughs> family speaking of emotional families just like us and these cats um yeah i think i think uh of, of us is pretty lucky but we also kind of work to get this this lineup but yeah it's so hard and like i well, still hear about mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really hard what's what's going on with your with your band do you want to talk about it or um your project well so I mean, and I'm, I think that's why I kind of bring it up because like I, I am currently in that like lineup Transition. juggle. Yeah. yeah. And so, and part of it is like people live far away and then like, you know, the logistics of that sort of thing. And then also like, um, just styles, you know, cause like, I think I'm moving in this direction. That's more like, I want to say jazz influenced, but I know that the jazzers out there, I'm like, you're not playing a sharp like, five. Ha, ha. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. There's no flat 11 in this chord. Oh, so you're just whatever. not jazz enough for us. <laughs> the jazzers are the most snooty. And oh, yeah. I will say that to their faces. Yeah, we all will. Um, that, but I won't say, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm kind of moving in this like folk rock with like a jazz influence sort of. And like, that's where I'm, I'm awesome, really yeah. feeling fun. And, um, and that is, you know, to get a lineup that will fit that vibe. So you, so when I, when I met you, you were solo at that show, but were Mm -hmm. you in general pretty much pretty much been a solo thing. And one of my goals for 2020 was to like really make, and the, the name of the project is babble dabble. And you can still follow it on Instagram. Babble dabble music plug myself no we'll def plug you um so but uh you know so like one of my goals for this year is to get that lineup going and get that lineups like kind of at least solid enough to start and um i you know so like and i have enough material now to do it so that that's kind of one of the things that i'm looking forward to and like have been working on for the year and like getting you know just getting into a place where it it'll all gel so yeah so you, um, are you playing with anybody right now? Um, that's I sort actually, of a solid piece of your group or are you still kind of juggling around? Juggling. Yeah. Um, and then like, I actually just got asked to, um, do this other project, um, with it's, this is not the first time, but through a dating app, um, got asked to be in a band. <laughs> Tell me the story the first time. Cause you've told it to me before. And yeah. I think it's awesome. No, well, it, like, well, 
uh, the first time it was a Bumble match and like we we met up and it was kind of like within the first conversation. Like I'm like, all right, you're cool. I'm cool. It seems like we're both kind of hung up on our exes and you maybe more so. <laughs> you play bass, though. <laughs> you're like, this is a this is something that I'm intrigued by. Yeah. And so um, we ended up like uh, playing a couple gigs together and like and uh, we met you know, him. He you know, played Tom slash Warren. Yeah. Yeah, a bass player named Tom. That's why I was like, I, I know yeah, your name right away. Um, he uh, played with you at the plow? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's a good guy. He's a geologist, so he works on rocks. And um, and, he and they played, started like sending him to Alaska <laughs> to work on rocks, you know? Oh, so yeah, he's, he's travels and busy. stuff. So. It's hard to find. It's hard to find. Our, I think our biggest problem, um, not just in Radio Keys, but in other bands I've been in too, is finding people that music was something they really cared about prioritizing yeah not in a crazy way you don't have to quit your fucking job and like do the whole thing you can Mm -hmm. but just being able to show up for practice and spend your whole weekends doing music and like take some days off when you have to like that's a hard commitment to find well and then and and then and not get paid it has to be the goldilocks (laughs) for a while (laughs) part because there are people out there that are you know interested in playing music and committing their time to it but expecting to be paid oh yeah you I've know, had people that want to be paid for um, rehearsals when we weren't making any money. And it's like, mm-hmm. you deserve to be paid. We all do, especially yeah, musicians. Like I, Super respect that. But like, I, I would love yeah. to give you like give you the hourly that you think you deserve because I yes. think you deserve it, too. We all know musicians they, deserve to get you know, paid. I will beat that drum but, forever. But this is not currently a business. This exactly. is currently a hobby. It has to be a labor of love for exactly. a little while. And and like that's kind of. I don't know because I I get angry sometimes Emily at the music industry in in a way because like there is so much capital and energy that go into great artists like an Ariana Grande or a Taylor Swift and like I have like big respect for their talents and their musical musicality and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff but like there is so much as part of the industry that goes into that to make that like the main focus. And so, and then it, zoom out even further to like the, you know, the person listening on the radio, like there's, there's not, it's more of an illusion than anything. And so, and, and then there are a lot of artists that are out on the radio that, are actually almost algorithm based, you know, like they're, it's written to appeal to a mass market. Yeah. This is the, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's why I don't watch the Grammys anymore either. I think it's all kind of just a strange sort of, it's not a representation of me of what musicians are doing on a grand scale. mm -hmm. It's a very finite, tiny little, hi, this is what is happening here. But it's, you know, what's getting all the well and like and stuff. And I think that like there's I mean, there's definitely like I'm with her got a Grammy nom in in the folk category. That's great. And then Madison Cunningham is another great songwriter, uh, guitarist, uh, that was nominated uh this year. But I think it was in like one of the less like not less, but like smaller categories. 
Um, and like so the ones, um, the ones that like are it's, a, it's during a lot, the red carpet. Those it's a, ones yeah, it's, it's like they're announcing. It's a lot like, easier to be nominated for a bluegrass nom than a pop nom or a rock and roll nom. I think that the like, I you know, you know I looked at I got pretty. Um, I don't watch the Grammys for some reason. I really like the Oscars, but I don't like the Grammys um, because I don't. Again, I don't really think it represents what I yeah. listen to and all the music I'm excited about and mm-hmm. all these amazing songwriters and of all different kinds of genres. Like I'm not just like yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I remember looking at the categories and I looked at uh, the categories for best. It's not rock and roll, but it's like best rock album. And I didn't rec. I was like, what are these? band like i looked into them and it was just i don't know it was like a lot of kind of <sighs> creedish type of yeah stuff and i was just like where are the even like the black keys who i think are pretty huge but mm-hmm. also like i don't know i didn't see them like i don't know there was a lot i felt was missing and well and <sighs> i was really standing the- for lana del rey to get some uh recognition for yeah well and 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 it's confusing because lana del rey like is what i was talking about earlier where there is like a machine behind her and there is a team behind her and it's well deserved again but like you know it's i don't know it's just really confusing oh and she's got an amazing producer too the guy who uh jack antonoff he makes great records Mm -hmm. um i did can i tell you uh i watched uh um i watched the taylor swift documentary because interesting right yeah did you watch it? okay so my friend april also a singer um texted me and was like ah, i kind of want to watch the taylor swift documentary but i don't know how i feel about it and i was like i feel the same way i kind of want to watch it out of this curiosity but i've like had some problems with her and like i i don't know i i think she makes some strange decisions um but i also wanted to see what mm-hmm. her story was and all this stuff so so april came over and we had a cheese plate and a bunch of wine and just like watched it. And there was a lot of commentary going on during it. Um, but I, I'm glad I watched it. I don't know. I don't know if it was, I think it, it felt, I mean, it's produced by her. So it was definitely Mm -hmm. very strategic in, in parts. You can agree with that. Right. Yeah. It was like, this is definitely, you know, favoring as most documentaries are going to do that they're going to say this is a documentary that makes you want to feel this way and yeah and show you this side of this person in a very strategic way Mm -hmm. um but i mean i one of my positive takeaways from about her that i think you'll agree with um so she started as like a kid playing guitar and singing Mm -hmm. and one part stuck out for me that i thought was really cool which made me like oh she's got an incredible work ethic um is when she was on like a show when she was like a teenager and she was like my name is taylor swift and this is a song i wrote i've written a couple hundred songs and i was like oh shit so it's like she's done like i don't necessarily her songwriting doesn't really resonate with me but i also don't think i'm her audience i think yeah i think it's there she surprised me with her tiny desk concert yeah it's good yeah and 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 i watched it the other night and i think that was like one of the things where like like because it's this is a recent obsession actually with with the taylor stuff and well, it, it has stri- to do with like the t- tiny concert down. yeah she stripped down and, and you're like oh she can play piano really well and she can play guitar really well and then it like made me appreciate the songs even more i and really i really like her song lover i think it's a great song yeah i it's think it's a that, really well written yeah song. and that's like a perfect way to like de- like describe like you know we were talking about like original love songs that's like, a great that's a really a great original yeah. love song and it's so i i iconic and i identifiable because like really what you're doing and i, I think that 
like you know there's an external motivation to write a song and that would be like for the machine for to get it onto the radio for m- the money portion of it this right, is a jingle write a pop song write a song that they'll play at the club or there's the like. eternal in, in, <laughs> internal ones where it's like this is like an internal reflection of me i have to process something i have and to so process it's something be, it's, yeah. and, and it's therapeutic but what i've enjoyed about like putting song like like uh the scorn lovers ukulele song that i have yeah i've had so many people come up to me like that's like you know like my ex thinks i'm insane this and that and like i felt so included in that and i was like oh well i was writing about me like all you know yeah and so that that kind of um is is really what i would hope to see like in general yeah um on the radio at all all times and <laughs> it's not necessarily oh, that there's, way. there's so much but i i appreciate that out of taylor swift is that i think that there is there is that and so like and then and then i went to go listen to the studio album and i hated it yeah it's <laughs> just <laughs> i thought you were laughing and i was like yes i agree i i don't i mean i don't want to like cut down i had a friend tell me once um i used to be a lot more like strong opinions in my mid twenties when I was figuring myself out and I was just like, I hate this. I love this. This is bad. This is good kind of thing. And now I'm trying to be a little more fluid, especially with music. Um, but I have, I think I do agree that like I saw Taylor Swift play her song lover on a piano. I think I saw it first at SNL. She did SNL. And then I watched her tiny desk and I was like, this is amazing. Um, but yeah, she gets in a studio and then they go, okay, we're making, we're taking this song, we're turning it into a pop song. So I really, I try to sympathize with her. Um, and yeah, back in my twenties when I was more opinionated, I was like, oh, I can't stand Taylor Swift. It's shit songwriting or whatever. I said something like that to one of my friends and she was like, you know, she said something along the lines of like, of like, you know, she's like a, she's like, I try not to like cut down any like woman in music, uh, right away because I think they're probably getting a lot from all angles as far Mm -hmm. as like pressure on like this is what it should sound like whatever and she's like so so you know just keep that in mind and i was like yeah that's a good point i think every musician has that um you get a record deal and then it's like there's gonna be some different swing opinions maybe i don't know what it's like but so i try try to hopefully one day you will emily hopefully one day we will but yeah, yeah i think um i think my takeaway from that doc was like taylor swift has done the work Mm-hmm. um especially like in a, as a teenager yeah. writing 100 something songs well, it's like oh it, you've filtered through shit too well and it, like that's that's kind of one of the glories of being able to be like a full-time musician right and like that is one of the things that she has been able to do and well, like you see a, when when you're able to do that like you actually can just live in this space that you're ready for music and you're yeah. ready for songs and you're ready for to make the work towards creating songs and you're ready to sew that quilt you know yeah at and all you have, times yeah and you have the time and then you also have because she talked about in the tiny desk that she like stumbled out of bed to write lover and um so you know like that that sort of thing like is but that only can exist in a human when all your basic needs are met right yeah and so as and i she's not a starving musician she's not working two jobs she doesn't have to she doesn't have to slang the lalies as i have to you know slang the Tom's slang like, rocks. One of, and one of my catchphrases at work is like, "Do you know how many ukuleles I have to sell to live in Petaluma?" 
and I've done the math. It's three thousand eight hundred forty-seven ukuleles. A year, (laughs) a month. Oh my god! Based on the cheapest ukulele, okay, the most affordable. Insane. So it's still. (laughs) I like to make the the number more dramatic than it needs. It actually is, but. Uh, you know, but that's that's the reality for majority of us. Majority of us live in the system where we have to do 40 hours a, a, a week and we have five out of our day days out of our day where majority of our waking hours and our, and our sunlight hours or whatever it is, is serving making money else. for somebody else. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, serving somebody else or, you know, bringing butter to the table. Yeah. You know, and so when it Paying comes to the Bay Area. And yeah. <laughs> that shit, yeah. And and. and and even you know i mean everywhere it's like that so when it comes to like the creative process like when you're when you're really looking at brain function and your capacity exhausted you are oh yeah weeknights i don't come home and write usually that's like saturday mornings sunday mornings is when i can actually sit Mm -hmm. and knock stuff out um but weeknights i'm exhausted yeah my brain's exhausted i'm impressed with people that come home and plus i have to like watch you know four hours of love is blind like yeah you have (laughs) to binge yeah i have to binge something kind of brainless like jeopardy or love is blind (laughs) which i hear is crazy addictive but yeah i i sort of just want to relax and to me being creative feels like work sometimes there's no shame in that yeah and and like and we're lucky because i mean i i I could go on about this music machine that's been created you know and like when they created the record player i have you know, they were like, you know, that's kind of the end of live music. And in a lot of ways it was because before um, recorded music, like when Mozart's string quartets and things like that were coming out, the way people enjoyed that music was to sit around and play it themselves. Like you would buy the sheet music and play it yourself. Wow. And that's how you would enjoy the music. And like, that's how, like, you know, like instead of, and now um, in this day and age, but there's, I think we've kind of the pendulum is swinging in a different in a you know back in that direction in a way because um you know recorded music came out and like it's kind of like you're like and I'm recently into records records are dope and they're really they're a really fun way to listen to music and things like that and yeah. then like Spotify and whatever and so like you can be passive in your your uh, you know your listening um but I think it's kind of swinging in the other direction because now technology is advancing in, in a way for music creation that it was for music listening. Yeah. And so now, like, I mean, we're making a podcast. We're creating right now, yeah. you know? And so, like, that that's really cool that that is something that we you can go out and get the tools to make stuff on your own. And, like, uh, you know house music and synth music and bass music like i can appreciate it that's not anything that i'll ever create <laughs> it's a beautiful way to put it because i couldn't agree more yeah but i i love a, all a the house show to, you yeah. know or and, and yeah. that sort of thing but like for the human that does resonate with that and that is how they want to create and that does recognize their voice that is available you know yeah. and so there's so many people that and so many ways you can create and like we were kind of talking about it earlier with with i mean shout out taylor swift sponsor this podcast <laughs> yeah right <We're laughs> like basically so much. Taylor swift have you guys account. heard of taylor swift yeah have you, have you <laughs> breaking news you should taylor swift has a song called lover 
I'm sure you've heard it. Um, no, so, but you know, with that with that song we talked about, like how you and I both love Lo- Lover as her at the piano, and yeah. then she went into the studio and it was created into this pop, like ultra pop song. Yeah, and when you if if we could rewind back, I bet you a producer like Nate could produce it into a, a tune Ooh. that could be on the radio alternate, keys al- al- album alternate or t- universe yeah like absolutely absolutely yeah and say hey what's your vision and and pff, maybe but, her vision was this pop version but i i would I mean it could be i would it, doubt it well yeah. and that's that's the interesting i mean that's thing. her brand but. that's the interesting about thing about genre and because like you like a songwriter's job is to write this map of a of a of a song right and like that's why i think that if i were ever to be in that music machine like i would love to be that songwriter and because like you know cake by the ocean that song mm-hmm. uh, or um toxic by britney spears that song i've that i've seen that covered right by <laughs> i'm with her um in like a bluegrass vibe well that on fiddle dope yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> on fiddle and it makes it's like oh that makes sense and like that's actually a great song yeah. in a bluegrass vibe yeah so like you have this map and then you can plant onto it what colors you know it's like basically paint by numbers yeah i mean the songwriting is yeah you can i bet you could make a real taylor swifty poppy version of a lot of stuff i've written and, yeah and it's and yeah absolutely or you can make like a lana del rey you know mm-hmm. uh edgy kind of version of it too i think so, it depends a lot on that you know produce and production production <laughs> using all the big words nate's listening like what the fuck? <laughs> hey 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 nate uh ohm values and decibels <laughs> Ooh, yeah Ooh. i took a music production class there you go i know unity gain yeah i um i was thinking of you the other day because um i found you sent me when you got your record player uh which is cool because you bought your record player with a bunch of records like, a bunch uh three copies of the flash dance soundtrack everybody needs three <laughs> copies you get to frame frame one listen to one and i guess uh give Share one, one away yeah. no, <laughs> I, you do I, I i kept one and then i brought a bunch to the record store i went through and was like okay i'm never gonna listen to three copies of so somebody so that was one person's collection that you inherited I, my, and my, somebody like ended my up guess because the, the guy that i bought it from also bought it secondhand and also bought the records with it oh, okay so my guess is that it's been this like tub of records that has been going along oh with and this like added to player and, and been added and no one to, wants to keep flash dance that's like the oh i'll give <laughs> this one away I'll, like i'm just gonna take the ones that i have i mean but i actually lucked out with that tub because there's a cut i mean they're in very varying levels of quality right uh, like condition right but there's a handful of beatles there's um the experience jimmy hendrix there's like i have the woodstock a b one except for i only have b (laughs) oh one's missing yeah i've bought records i bought a record once uh i i used to go to half price books and buy records for like a buck especially when I was going through my Simon and Garfunkel phase. And like, I, I bought a record once and I can't remember which record it is. And I pulled it out and it was the wrong record. And I was like, Oh shit. How'd I end up with this show tunes fucking record mm-hmm. in this sleeve? And blah, blah, blah. and it's just like, it got somebody just, you know, mixed it up. And yeah, but yeah, but no, I was at a record store in Santa Cruz. Tom and I dropped by where I found my Rick Danko album that I'm really excited about for $4. Um, but nice. I found uh women sing weights. 
Oh, you did? Yeah, I didn't buy it. So this is a bad story. This is a lame, <laughs> lame well, ending. I, <laughs> I was like, I was going to buy it, but then it was $30. Um, but yeah, I saw it and I was like checking it out. And I remember that you played, or maybe you just like Instagram storyed one of them, but I think the first track is coming up to the house. Which yeah. Is, like, the best Joseph, did, song. Joseph did that one. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we're coming full circle. I'm yeah. not trying. Yeah. And, and, so, and that was part of the reason why I think The Wild Reads is also on that that cover album. And they are another, um, you know, trio of women. They're not siblings, but they've got really tight harmonies, like folk rock b- really band. Cool. Yeah. And um, my sister and I would cover them all the time. And we would call ourselves the Hawaii Reads at our open oh, mics. Record uh, the Hawaii Reads and just play a Wild <laughs> Reads set. And... Um, Everyone's like, this songwriting is amazing. Yeah, so the Wild Reads actually were the ones that were like kind of promoting it on their Instagram. And I I, I think Joseph was too, but I I used the Wild Reads Is it a pretty new record, Women's It just, I think so. I think it just released like in December. And so it was the record of the month for the Magnolia Record Club, which I'm a part of now. Ooh, yeah. I'm what like, does that entail? Is it like a? Book they just club? send you a, a vinyl every every month. I, but Is it the new last, stuff or old stuff? it's new stuff. It's mainly dual tone stuff. That's really and cool. And so, like, uh, the last two months was like the Lone Below, and then um, I've heard of the Lone Below. Yeah, oh, I ended like- up switching it out though because I wanted like some of the older stuff and like they let you switch things out so like a, like a wine club like i used to yeah, yeah exactly so um but yeah so I, that's how i ended up with the the weights record and that's that if there's vinyl folk out there i mean i think it's also on spotify but that's it's just a really good listen because tom waits is such a great songwriter oh yeah and his his uh wife writes a lot i think a lot of he helps she helps a lot with those lyrics. Yeah. you know i've seen tom waits right mm-hmm. sorry i need to say this better I've not seen Tom Waits play music live. I've seen him in a restaurant. Oh, <laughs> I think you did say that because your yes. mom was the one that recognized him. She's like, that's Tom Waits. And I was, I saw Lawrence Fishburne and I was like, that's Lawrence Fishburne. And then my mom looked over and was like, that's Tom Waits. Um, yeah, it was the same restaurant you and I got a drink in St. Helena, that bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stu and I repped it super hard on the Monophonics podcast, Goose and Gander. Uh, yeah, we sat by the fire and got drinks that one night. It was yeah. great. So he was in that bar. Um, but yeah, he... Oh, uh, Tom. Just he's, hanging out. He's way taller than I thought. And his wife, uh, they're both kind of probably in their 60s or 70s. And yeah. she's got electric pink hair. She's the first person I noticed. They all walked in. It was this, this kind of intense looking group of people. And I was like, ooh, that old lady's rocking that like pink hair. Like mm-hmm. what? And then it was Tom Waits and his wife. But I, she, I think she helped write some of his... Well, a lot of his music. Um, I, I think you can see her on the credits. Yeah, there's there's definitely like a, a like a, a like you know you can when you know there's the saying like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, I don't think you can have like I mean you could probably have too many cooks on a song, but like you, you def- can, can also have but <laughs> but a it's good amount of cooks. Yes, yes, I. Stuart makes me a better songwriter every time I show him a song. He goes, mm-hmm. "Oh, it could go here." Oh, it could go here. And he's always very delicate with it too. Like I'm writing a new song right now, writing two and he's writing a few. We're kind of having a, you know, creativity. I don't know if it happens for you, but for me, it comes in bursts. Mm -hmm. Like I'll start a song and then I'll start two more songs and be like, Ooh, I'm having like a, but then for three months I won't come up with anything. So it's like, so I have these bursts. So Stuart and I both like recently kind of started having these bursts and I pitched him a song the other night. I was like, I was like, this is this thing I'm working on. It's pretty basic chord structure but i really like the lyrics and the story and where it's going and he's like what about if it went here and he just 
fucking did exactly what it should have done you know like mm-hmm. he knew exactly where to take the song um and that's for him i mean he has a lot of skills as far as instinct and then just like studying music um but i feel yeah i feel like i write better with with his uh, uh you guys bounce off each other really well we bounce off each other it's like a john and paul thing. Mm-hmm. not i'm not comparing us to the beatles that's ridiculous but actually we're <laughs> and the then Beatle emily keys. said we're jordan <laughs> What the bigger than the Beatles. Beatles? No, um, but yeah, it's it's the same thing where I'm like, I feel like we're stronger together, um, yeah, as songwriters, and yeah. So, but that's yeah, that's just like, and that's also just people being able to look at your song from afar and be like, okay, because you're really in it when you're writing a song, and for them to be able to be like, okay, as somebody from like outside, I think this is where you need to go. You also get like, I also get a little bit of writer's block with songs yeah well you get that pressure like it has to go somewhere really good mm -hmm. you know so well and there's there's the vulnerability part of it too right and like i mean i've told you this story but when i went to uh i think it's it's the missouri lounge open mic and i it was just loud and i I guess and this one gentleman about right comes up (laughs) and he was like uh i just noticed that you were singing a little sharp on that song what uh so maybe you should use a capo next time and i'm like so you want me to change the song? <laughs> like, also, <laughs> what? I mean, sorry, you played at the Missouri Lounge. <laughs> dude just came to you and was it. like, "Hey, you should <laughs> just just a suggestion. Change your song because oh, you're sharp. Yeah. Love the suggestion. And, I mean, yeah. the the funny part is that like even I mean, I probably was singing sharp because I was singing right by the doorway and trying to like push. And so, but the solution. Oh, it's like loud and mm, yeah. It's it's hard. The solution is not like to change the key of the song. The solution is to change the the way the song the singing is happening. But yeah, you know, because then it would just make me really really flat. <laughs> but I I hear what you're saying. Like, first of all, I've I've, I've I don't know if I've pl- I don't think I've played Missouri Missouri Missouri. No, it's just right around the corner for my fucking yeah. loud, and it reminds me of like when we played. Uh, milk bar or like certain venues where I sound I like can he- barely hear myself and I know I sound like shit because now I sound kind of like a diva but you know what I mean like it's like well, if it, it really affects your well, output I mean, it's, it's like because uh my the choir that I sing in now the North Bay Singers we have a really concert cool. at St. John's Paul accessible I think it's the first week of May nice yeah more plugs um do, do it yeah but I so in that that choir it's you know the 16 of us and we sing in a church and so it really does help resonate over like what i'm listening across to because um you know when you when when you can't hear that inner what you are as far as your your vocal production like you end up pushing and then the larynx lifts and you know all of these things happen internally pushing, where pushing like, is the word yeah it's like you're you're pushing and then it's well first of all it hurts and it's bad for you but and then it's gonna sound mm-hmm. forced and crazy and sharp or flat or whatever. yeah and yeah. like relaxed production is just the best in general but then of course like you're putting yourself in this really unrelaxed environment and expecting your body to completely relax. And like, that's one of the things like when you like see an opera singer or do like the, even though it's like so high or, you know, just such a strong voice and they're filling a hall. Like if you probably, like if we took the opera singer and like ran her through or ran him through like a cat scan, (laughs) you would see that all the muscles along the, the breathing tube and even down into like the pelvic floor are just relaxed. 
Wow. So they just kind of learn how to do that then. Yeah. 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 And I, um, I actually heard this story from like one of the choir teachers when I was in college. I think they were talking about like, yeah, she knew this opera singer and like hadn't seen her for a while and then like heard her sing and it was just like massively open wow. and she's like, how, you know, how do you, how did that happen? And she's like, I learned to relax my pelvic floor. <laughs> that's the secret yeah well i mean it, you know it, it, it's all connected like you, yeah. you really just all are, are just a column of air like that's really what you're aiming to be and like yeah. just be relaxed because the the things that are making your voice is the vocal cord well the, an opera is so physical it's mm-hmm. like i think of it as like a hundred percent just a physical state, yeah you know and seeing it live is it gives me the fucking chills. And also, so you have to do this thing where you're relaxing in, uh, phys- well, physically while you're singing and then also relaxing when you're singing in front of a bunch of fucking people. Yeah. Like at the San Francisco symphony by yourself or, which you is know, like, like also nerve wracking. Or at so a rock like, star rock, rock show where like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm playing guitar or yeah. like, you know, you're just like bouncing around and like being the front woman. So like, there's just a lot, you know, in, involved in that and like and Marge said it really well because I went to her to get a guitar lesson hit that's up Marge really for cool. gu- guitar lessons um plug in Marge again I think um, she's starting to do more of that I think that's I, really I, I great think, I, I yeah, think she's direction. yeah gonna start teaching um so I don't know the school but anyway uh but she was kind of you know talking about like within guitar like having your technique so down that when you are on stage and you are moving like you're in that like how we were talking about like with once you've learned it like that's how like, you know you know it so to learn this like uh, like the the least effort of technique yeah so that when you are you know playing to crowd or anything like that like you, you kind of perform. lock into what your technique is it's like a muscle memory yeah. yeah well when i first started playing guitar live stuart was like was like you know as a front woman you're really like move around you're really high energy and like move around a lot and it's like very like a big part of the show and he was like i was so worried when you started playing guitar that you'd get really stiff and i think i started a little stiff and then i had to learn to kind of move around with it but i had to be mm-hmm. comfortable enough like marge is saying like with your mm-hmm. um uh, muscle memory basically so that you can i i mean i can't like do crazy shit while i'm playing yeah. guitar i still have to like you know i can't be like doing windmills and shit. Yeah. um or just like dance around really crazy but um but yeah, I think I think once you have that foundation, then you can act because you still have to perform. And Stuart mm-hmm. gave me advice. He told me he's like, he's like, practice guitar in front of the mirror and oh sing. yeah, in front of the mirror. It's like yeah, and sing so you don't you're not just standing there. You know, learn. He's like, practice your moves. Like, do it. Like, practice what you're gonna look like. And what I've been trying to practice lately um, is playing and singing and looking straight ahead because when you're when i'm practicing alone at home i can just kind of sing and look at what i'm doing Mm -hmm. and then i get on stage and i'm like oh shit i can't look at what i'm doing because there's a microphone in front of my face so i've been trying to like practice as if there's a microphone that i have to sing anyway (laughs) into it's all there's so much so much unglamorous practice that goes on as there should be well, you make it look easy. You make it look easy. I, I, I know. I loved your. <laughs> I know. I loved your set at the. Uh, where did we just play together the in Ivy January? Room. The Ivy Room. Yeah, it was an interesting uh, little bar. But I, I really, I liked your, I liked your set a lot. There's some new songs I want to um, nerd out with you about. Um, maybe off the air. Okay. Get, yeah. But um, 
And also you were wearing a jumpsuit, which is very close to my heart. Yeah. You know, the jumpsuit <laughs> is and uh, outside of going to pee. It is the most comfortable. It's the like, best item that, And and I, mean, I never look back. <laughs> I, I would never go back. I still wear dresses sometimes, like long dresses, depending oh. on the venue. But jumpsuits are great. I can bend down. I can do my squats on stage or whatever I'm doing. And like, I don't have to worry about, although I have ripped a jumpsuit, um, <laughs> uh, right before we did a, we, I think I've told this story before, but we were playing the 4th of July in Calistoga and we were doing a, like a post 4th of July parade show in the park. So it was free. So it was like a bunch of fucking people. And I was wearing a red jumpsuit because oh. it's the 4th of July. And, uh, it was, it was probably like 40 minutes before we started playing. And I, we were just loading gear onto this under a gazebo. And, uh, yeah, I bent down and I ripped my jumpsuit right, right up the butt part. Oh, and no. uh, yeah, I turned to, I think it was, it's always Alante. I'm like, turned to Alante and I was like, I just ripped my jumpsuit. I got to go. And then I grabbed Tom and I was like, we have to drive home and, and change the situation. Um, but that jumpsuit was too small. So well, I've learned see, my lesson. <laughs> that's the thing. You got to, you got to go with, well, and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a pretty curvy girl. So I am always in a Jersey jumpsuit, you know, I, the, yeah, looser just, ones are, the looser ones are, are the better. Best. I yeah. had bought this one online and, and anyway, I, I fucked that up. But but yeah, I think when I met you, you were wearing some kind of cool like suspendery thing. You had these yeah, stripy, like my, my striped pants on. Yeah. Yeah. That was I was cool. power clashing. I had um like a polka dot shirt underneath and then like yeah, the stripes. I really I really yeah, liked recently it. like posted <laughs> like the throwback photo of that and I was like, ah oh, yeah. That was a good night. So I think as we as we wrap as we wrap this convo up, um, I asked you, you know, over text, I was like, hey, no pressure, but if you want to play something like it's been done before, it'd be really cool if you could. And we totally have the means for you to do that. And you uh, you obliged. Yes, I, <laughs> I am currently obliging. This yeah. is myself obliging with the playing the songs. And honestly, it's it's fun to share. So, yeah, yeah um yeah so yeah this tune this tune has actually got a fun backstory um i I mentioned him earlier cowboy uh and i were uh just having brunch and chatting about um his current lovers because we're still friends and um and it turns out a lot of them play ukulele so this tune is actually me (laughs) pretending to type (laughs) I mean, well, you know, musicians, we all date each other. And oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, me pretending to have a, a a ukulele choir with all of, you know, these scorn lovers of Cowboy Star. I love it. Um, check out his music. It's actually really good music. <laughs> What's his name again? Cowboy Star. Cowboy Star. Um, Star. Yeah. And I'm Ann Daniels. Uh, and this one's called Scorn Lovers Ukulele Choir. So it's just basically like a support group for uh, Scorn Lovers. And I, will you guys do the uh, audience purchase? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. <laughs> Great. All right. Ukulele. My name is Anne And I've got a broken heart I lost a man And now 
torn apart But I bought a ukulele Wouldn't mind it with four strings And now she is my lady Instead of crying with her eyes should be sad The sweetness wipes away the memories of how he treated me so bad My name is Sue Hi Sue And I lost a lover too And just like you I also play the uke I love how the minor chords feel happy Even when I am feeling sad The sweetness wipes away the didn't want me back Our stories are the same We're not changing our last names With our ukes we'll find what our broken hearts require Come join the scoring lovers ukulele choir
was awesome. I love the ending there. You hit some kind of funky chords right at the end. That's mm-hmm. like unpredictable from what you think it should. Uh, it it's so cool. Yeah, it's yeah. Just I was just enjoying watching you play that whole time. <laughs> um, well, you can do a lot with the ukulele. That is one thing. If it's my parting note, is that there's a lot that can be done with the ukulele. It's a fun instrument, and you can play a lot more than just C, F, and G7. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, I, I remember that song from the first time that you played. Um, and then I got up and... Yeah, kind of tried to sing it with you on the story plowing it and uh one day it worked <laughs> we'll d- we'll do a fun duets yeah. set i'd like to um because there's some cool harmonies uh you sent me a recording of you doing the harmonies that were really cool um so as we wrap up are there any uh any recording on the horizon for you do you think big or small like there is any scale like there is um a demo that I recorded and that's like kind of in the middle of being mixed. Um, and then, uh, definitely, uh, like I said, kind of shaping up a, a lineup to kind of really get more performing out. I recently yeah. actually did a solo, like a feature performance. So I have some video that I'll start, um, start, I'll be starting to share. In, Where did you play? Uh, the aroma roasters, real open mic. They do a Ooh. feature, Petaluma? Um, Santa Rosa. Oh, nice. And so they do a feature every week and it was, it was a 30 minute set. So actually That's great. some, and a lot, and a lot more electric guitar in that. So I'm really you excited about that. You kill it electric guitar. I am You're working. You're much better than I am. I, I You're think really I, killing it. I think I maim at electric guitar. I don't kill quite yet. I'm oh, like, ooh, I'm not I that deadly. <laughs> You're clawing away. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, it's again, it's like that that walking scenario. I think that I'm like definitely starting just, to yeah. walk on the electric. And How like, long have you been playing electric? Because I, it's a, it's really new for me, and it's such a different animal from acoustic. It is a different um, animal. I think we actually probably got our electrics around the same time. Oh, I really? Think so when you got okay. your, so I got like, mine in Petaluma. Yeah. Used, so yeah. Yeah. So it's about the end of last year like fall of last year sounds right yeah and i didn't i had it for a few months before i actually started playing it live Mm. and the ironically i didn't say this when we talked about it on the podcast but the worst show we played last year the flamingo that was the first time i played electric live Um. so it was like a nightmare sound guy situation and then it was like oh also you're gonna break in your electric guitar (laughs) at this show um so it broke me in in a really scary way which is great but um but yeah it's it's uh i'm i'm learning not to you know press down too hard mm-hmm. and like it's i feel like it's more forgiving in a lot of ways yes um but it's also less forgiving in a lot of it's ways less forget sorry it's less forgiving in a lot of ways um but then more i i don't know it's like with acoustic i feel like you can be really sloppy with it and it's still like i'm pretty like my strumming's pretty aggressive um and it's it sounds fine on acoustic and then on electric i have to sort of adjust i have to be a little gentler that's my takeaway i have to be a little gentler and like get used to um hearing how it sounds different on stage for me and reacting to Mm -hmm. that anyway well and and like pedals are a rabbit hole i've been having a lot of fun like spending my money on that um yeah just pay me in pedals basically um (laughs) yeah you get money for a gig and you're like i'm gonna buy some cool stuff yeah or even just like um learning different techniques or like scales or like, you know, I've been fucking with some triads recently and like, that's really fun. And like that really kind of builds a different sound to write a song on. I saw you doing, um, 
<laughs> I'm going to bring up your Instagram story. <laughs> I saw you doing on your Instagram story a while back, like a, this was back in the beginning of the year and it was like a, you were oh, learning like a riff. The riff a day. Riff a day. Yeah. Yeah. Are she, you still doing she that She shreds magazine. Does, um, and they're changing to sh- she shreds media. It's such a. She sells. We've been drinking she wine. She sells by the she. She, she shreds <laughs> guitars by the seashore. Um, but yeah, so, uh, they, they do. And I, I think it's actually an ongoing thing, but I kind of just found that, uh, tag and i actually follow riff a day and it's really inspiring there's a lot of women out there that just shred on guitar <laughs> exactly, um yeah. like uh the opener for joseph deep sea diver she's another one that just like oh, oh the people that just make you be like, like oh i should just God. put this down uh, <laughs> i should just i should just yeah. quit while i'm ahead um it, 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 in one way yes it's like i i'm always like i'll quit while i'll just quit now and then it's like the other part is like oh let me try that. inspired yeah that yeah. and that that's the reaction that it should be yeah um yeah but so, um, all right. So, uh, anything else you want to plug as far as, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, <laughs> if anyone was in, plug. like, if we're interested, um, like I, my, my music project is babble dabble. So it's, um, at babble dabble music on Instagram and Facebook. I also, um, do a lot of event production, um, and like stage management stuff. So if you're in the Bay area, come check out awesome orchestra. We, uh, do like live reading sessions um and they're doing one at sports basement on march 28th awesome um uh, singing the north Bay singers in petaluma so if you're in that area where's sports um, basement uh it's berkeley it is berkeley okay i, I wanted yeah. to say that but i was like if i get that wrong i'm gonna sound really stupid yeah i lived in berkeley for so long but yeah, yeah. so the march north 28th. Bay singers choir concert is the um, beginning of may um but yeah all of that stuff can uh you can definitely like I'll be keeping people up to date on the, yeah. so if you follow, then I'll keep you up to date. Awesome. And hopefully we can get some soon and I can, um, get on stage with you again and make up for the, uh, the last time I did scorn lovers. We'll actually and didn't practice. Get the harmonies, right. Well, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll I was just like, practice. I'll just wing it. I'm so natural at harmony. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd love that. Um, yeah. well, thanks for coming and Daniel. Thanks for having and, me. And, um, we'll end by, uh, do you know how we end? We'll say, uh, we'll keep searching for that sweet soul music, but we'll say it together. Ready? Yes. Let's keep searching, searching for, for that, that sweet soul music.
for that sweet song you're gonna get. 